One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Blizzard Watch Playing Games. Uh, we are here for the next episode of Otherworld, and I will let everybody introduce us before I give the, the bit of a recap. So uh, we'll start with Corey. Corey, who are you playing? Hey, everyone. It's Corey. I am playing Yordle the Turtle, <laughs> the Druid, the Bunch of Mushroom. <laughs> Always a bunch of mushrooms. Uh, next up, we have Deb. Hi, everybody. I'm Deb, and I am playing Merzy Dotes, who is a gnome tinkerer to me. Get off the table. Who has a uh, saber-tooth tiger kitten who used to be a dragon and has just chased those springs off the table and onto the floor. So um, I got to go get them. Uh, next up, Liz. Uh, hello, I am playing Ron, and I am a changeling rogue. I don't think anyone actually knows I'm a changeling yet, though. May, I think. Okay, uh, next up, Andrew. I am uh, Dinar, a Ganassi genie warlock, who is still in the service of Ron. And I think he does know that she is a changeling, being in her service so long. Okay. Okay, yeah. That makes sense. All right. Next up, we'll do Matt. Hello. I'm May. I know she's not a halfling. <laughs> I don't know what she is, but she smells wrong. That's basically it. And last but certainly not least, Anne. Hi, I'm playing Quint, a half-orc monk, and I don't know who any of these people are. I just kind of got shoved together with them last episode. I punch things. You do. Uh, and with that, 
When last we joined our intrepid adventurers, they had just survived three rounds of entertainment at the Interplanar Circus, culminating with, well, fighting an evil clown god called the Grinning God uh, and his not-quite-sane clown posse. I'm not sure if I can say the other one because that might be trademarked. Uh, they were then transported back to Highgate, where they found themselves back at Walter's in the Dwarven section, uh, where Ron has made a life or a living as a bartender uh, with her lovely Dijon friend uh, as her barback, I guess would be the best way to put it. Uh, so they had basically settled in for the night. Uh, those who had homes returned to their homes. Uh, Dinar went back into his uh, lamp uh, and everybody else got rooms if they weren't. So is there anything that you guys do that evening uh, or anything for the e while you're by yourselves before you call it a night? Anne? Um, Quint came back downstairs to get a little bit of food to take up to her room, but really that was it. She was more interested in sleeping than anything after that fight. That's fair. Uh, Corey, does what does Yordle do? Uh, he'll go out back and uh, wherever they leave their trash, he'll he'll leave some spores behind. Okay, I mean it's pretty tidy. Like it's not like a a standard city in which like they just throw their schlop on the ground. They actually have like dumpsters and sanitation crews and stuff like that. So it's it's relatively clean. There is, however, a druid grove in the middle of the city. Oh, I'll go visit that then. Yeah, you can go visit that. Um, and it's. You make your way towards it. It's very easy to find uh, because where you guys are at Walters is pretty close to the city center. Uh, just off to the side, it looks like there's a, for lack of a better term, it looks like a municipal park, except the trees are definitely way too big and way too colorful for what you would expect to see inside of a city. Uh, you walk in and you do see many other druids uh, of different uh, specialties. You see some that are flinging fire. You see some that are specializing in ice. Uh, others that are talking with local uh, f fauna. Uh, and doesn't look like there's anybody really in charge. And everybody's just kind of minding their own business. But you can find your own uh, corner of the place if you wish. Yeah, I'll find a, a shady corner and just sit and meditate. Yeah, you find a uh, a nice, not quite fully alive tree to bed down next to. Uh, spores definitely take root here, and uh, little mushrooms pop up around you in a, a little ring as well as up the bark of the tree. Um, nobody seems to pay you any mind. Uh, they actually don't seem to really take umbrage with the fact that you definitely have uh, death and decay clinging around you, which is abnormal for you. You're not used to that. Uh, Ron, I'm assuming you head back to your small apartment? Yes. And I suppose I'll... I'm carrying Denier's lamp, and, uh... Uh, when we get to the apartment, I'll kind of, like, knock on the lamp. Like, tap it to see if he's... I mean, I know he's in there, but I'm not just going to summon him, because that's really rude. Uh, Denier, you feel uh, a couple gentle raps on the side of your, uh, demi-plane. Uh, and you know that that is uh, traditionally Ron trying to politely ask you if you're available. Okay, so then, like, you see the, like, smoke, like, blue smoke coming out, and then he appears. 
that was a lot back there. Are you are you okay? Did you get anything from the circus? Whatever that all was. He, he's like flexing his fingers. He says, "I feel somehow a little more powerful. I was trying to tap back into the powers that I had before, but I still can't get to the powers to grant wishes like I once did. I'm sorry." I don't want you to grant any wishes. I just, I'm just worried about you. You're trapped in this lamp. You don't, you shouldn't have to do this for anyone. He says, no, the lamp is a part of me. I don't want to get rid of the lamp. I just want to fulfill what my uh, ultimate duty is. Hmm. What about your, why does your ultimate duty have to be doing things for someone else though? That's hmm. what our, we're created to do. Hmm. Well, if, you, if you've gotten some of your power back, I'm, I'm glad of that. That's good. This is probably a really old <laughs> argument between them about. Yeah, it's, it's a fairly familiar conversation. You've had it before. The only difference is Dinar's regained a little lost piece of, of themselves. But you two have had this talk rather frequently, being kindred spirits, that you have broken out of your servitude to others. Um, but Dinar seems to be very comfortable in that servitude. Uh, it's almost not necessarily a part of the identity, but part of self for Dinar. Um, and you've been trying to circumvent that or work around it, as we should say. Uh, but you it, basically you talk for a, a, a little while before Ron, you start to get tired. Dinar goes back into his, into their lamp, uh, settles in for the demi plane and you both drift off to sleep. Uh, May's had a pretty big day and uh, has had a lot thrown at her. What is what is May doing right now? Eating. Just eating? She's very hungry because she just made the kill and didn't get to eat it. Well, fair enough. So you spend your evening eating. Uh, do you do anything else before you uh, retire to one of the provided rooms? That's actually a good point. Is there any place in town where you can go and maul other Leonin? Uh, there maybe not necessarily other Leonin, but do do you just walk up to the counter and ask that? Because you are in the hotel yeah, right now. I need to hurt things. Okay. Uh, the small dwarven woman working the front counter for the night shift uh, just kind of looks up from her book. Uh, what can I help you with, ma'am? I need to hurt things. I just said that. Uh, uh, that is a, a rather odd request. Uh, she looks around, making sure that nobody else is here. Um, are, are you looking for sport, then? No. Um, you know what a Leonin is. It, it is, uh, well, like you, yes? Correct. I have reached a decision. I wish to enter into the Blakalathan. Therefore, I must be injured and injure in return. If possible, one of my own people would be best. Um, 
Okay, uh, just a moment, please. And you see she uh, puts her book down very gently, uh, and she picks up what looks like a, a very well-decorated stone, uh, and she speaks into it in a language... You don't speak Dwarven, right? Nope. Okay. Uh, in hushed tones, she speaks in a language that you do not do not understand. Uh, the stone pulses, and that language is repeated back. Uh, very clearly, somebody else on the other side of it. Um, and she replies back, puts the stone back into its proper place. Uh, yes, if you would uh, follow me, I will uh, show you to your requested activity. Um, she gets up, straightens her blouse and her skirt, and uh, leads you back behind the... Uh, counter towards what looks like a staff only door. And as you enter in, you see it's a regular staff, like looks like a break room almost. Uh, it's rather large, probably 20 by 20, uh, made out of finely crafted wood. Uh, and she walks over to the back towards one of the other doors that says maintenance. Uh, she opens it up and it very clearly is not a maintenance door as it has a lavish set of stairs that lead down. Uh, looks like it is finely polished stone uh, with a plush rug on top of it. And you can hear the sounds of battle and cheering uh, coming from deep below you. You descend about 20, 30 feet and it opens up into what is a large arena. Uh, it is sand all along the floor, and it looks like there are several individual pits. Um, and it looks very much like you would you saw in Jotunberg, uh, trial pits, essentially. Uh, and it looks like there is several people placing bets. Uh, looks like everything from nobility to the commoners, races of all types. Uh, and it looks like there are several pits set aside, some for just, you know, tap out, some for first blood. Um, and there is a black sanded pit in the middle uh, that is empty currently, and it is marked to basically to the death. Um, there are several different options available to you, and it looks like there are some lean in here as well. Um, and you're just looking what type of fight you're just looking to get blooded, essentially. Uh, if there are lean in there, I go up to one who looks the most mature. Uh, it's an older one. It uh, looks like there are gray streaks flecked through its mane. Uh, and male he, or female? Male. Uh, and he looks at you. Hmm. Kishtala, I have entering Blatath in the car. Ah. You need to be mauled then, and maul in return? Mm-hmm. Fine. Your name? Clan? May Hidden Lu, we are of the Stellware clan. Ishkabar of the Black Talons. Come, we fight. And he just looks at the dwarf, nods, walks over to one of the other uh, people keeping Bookie here, uh, throws down what looks like a key. Guy looks at him, looks at you, nods, leads you over to one of the pits. Uh, it is looks like this one is a private fight. Uh, there are no stands, there are no observation decks or anything like that, uh, and it is odd to you in that the other pits are all sand, this one actually has what looks like cultivated grass. It looks like a plainy field, uh, and he walks out into it. Weapons or claws? Claws. And you, he does the whole Wolverine shnink shnink, uh, his claws yep. come out. And roll initiative. All right. All right. What do you get? Uh, 20. Okay. You are going first. Okay. I rage. Okay. This will be my first use of the rage ability. 
All right, you make your you rage. He smirks in acknowledgement. Uh, then I try and hit him. Go for it. 21. That hits. Okay, 7. I, However, I'm raging, so I have to add damage to that. Yeah, I think you're at plus 2. Yeah, so it's 9. nine. Yep. Definitely sinks in, and he... Uh, doesn't exactly, you're used to this, but he doesn't scream in pain. It's more of a acknowledgement of the hit uh, mm-hmm. than anything else. Uh, do you have a second attack? Yeah, but I'm not going to take it. Okay. Uh, he was going to take a swing back to you. Okay. Does a 23 hit you? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, he will take a swipe at you with his claw, dealing nine points of damage. Okay, so I take four. Yep. Good. Harness your rage. Lean into it. Go ahead. <clears throat> control it. Do not let it control you. Eighteen. Uh, that will barely miss. Okay, then I'll use the second attack since I have reckless. Yep. Ooh, even worse. Thirteen. Even worse. All right. Are you going to take... You're not reckless, but do you have two attacks at this point? No, I have three because I have two attacks, and then with claws, you can attack a third time. Okay. Are you going to uh, take your third? It doesn't matter. No. Uh, I, those were just reckless. That was a reckless attack. I'm making one attack around. Okay. I'm not going for all three. All right. Since that was a reckless attack, he gets advantage on his attack to you. That's correct. Uh, it's going to be a 23 to hit you again. Yep. Uh, and I'm going to need you to make a strength saving throw, please. Okay, I have advantage because yes, I'm raging. Yes, you do. That one's a 17. Uh, that misses by one. Do you have advantage? So go ahead. That, that definitely one's a 27. Uh, you see that he is trying to put you into a, a, essentially a uh, arm lock to try to drag you down to the ground. Uh, good, good fight, rage. Your turn. I don't. We don't have to actually like play this entire combat out if because those other people here. I feel bad if I take up too much. One time. more round, I think, is fine. All right. Uh, twenty-two palpable hit. Go ahead and roll me okay. some damage. While they're doing a nah, ten. Okay, uh, you definitely take a swing at him, uh, and it, your claws scrape against his bare chest, uh, leaving deep furrows. And he swings back at you. That's going to hit. Uh, right now, he, my armor class is only a sixteen. So yeah, yeah, he he. I rolled a seventeen plus eight. So uh, you are going to take twelve points of damage as he rakes you across the face. Did he uh, do twenty four, or did he just do twelve? Uh, he did 24. Okay. So you take 12 total, and he rakes you across the face. The blood definitely starts to uh, come from the wounds. They're shallow, but you know that they will scar. You can feel it. Uh, and he ba- he steps back from you. Are you sated? I uh, give him the typical Leonin sign of respect and that I, I drop down to one leg. And he bows in acknowledgement and tons to your wounds, as is the custom. Um, you two talk for a brief moment. He talk about your home, where he's from, um, and then. Are you, you from, you're from some grassland. 
I am from the plains south of here. My people are from the other continent where the giants live. Uh, my people fight trolls. Trolls are good. Trolls are hard. Trolls are very hard. We 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 fought a few rock trolls occasionally, not not very often. Usually, it's ogres or or giants, which are not anything to be laughed at. But trolls, oh, trolls are nasty. Their wounds don't stick. It is annoying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what my uh one of my fathers actually set himself on fire to fight one. I it was something to see. He was afterwards, of course, we were all like having to put him out, and that wasn't that wasn't fun for him. His my, fur smelled awful. My oldest child tried that once. He still hasn't regrown his mane back. <laughs> yeah. But you fought well. Welcome to the bloodening. Do Thank not you. let the rage consume you. It is too easy for our kind to give in. I, I've, I've noticed. I, I've noticed. Like as I'm talking, I'm actually scratching myself. Like I've got like a like a scratch I'm putting into my own shoulder. Like I I'm doing it almost reflexively. Like I'm oh 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 yeah that I should stop doing that. Uh, he hands you a um, what looks like a little medallion on a leather tong. If uh, you come to the plains, people of my kind, show them this. They'll know that we have met and treat you well. Thank you. Uh, if you ever find yourself in the mountains, just, uh, I don't have anything to give you, but just if you meet a Leonin there, mention me. They'll they'll know who I am. Oh, I know you. We're your, a large clan. I know your clan, child. Well, like that, after that, yeah, I, after that, I uh, basically go and find more food because I just took a big slash to the face and I want to make sure it scars up properly. Yep, that's exactly what you do. You spend your evening eating and then resting. Uh, for everybody, the evening passes rather peacefully. Uh, and for those of you at home, that is ostensibly uh, Matt taking levels in Barbarian uh, for his character yep. from our level up. <laughs> Um, the day comes, uh, the sunlight is shining bright, the sounds of the city wake everybody up, including those that are in the inn. Um, that would be basically everybody except for Iran and Yordle. Uh, you did talk about meeting back up at the Temple of Hell. Uh, is that something you guys are going to do, or are you going to link up here first? I'll go wait for them at the temple. Okay. I think Ron would be inclined to go straight to the temple. All right. Anybody else not going to the temple? Were we told about the temple thing? Yeah, Ron, yeah, Ron, suggested, it, it. Ron suggested it to you over when you guys were talking because you had concerns about what happened back home with your family and why somebody was saying, do you wish to bring somebody back from the dead? Oh, okay. Yeah. I've been kind of occupied with the whole getting angry thing. So, yeah, I'll... I'll that's probably tied into it. So I'll, I'll head over there. Okay. Like I, I actually walk through the end and see if I see any of the other people from the uh, weird Quint, experience yeah. with the clowns. Quint is down there. Okay. Probably uh, having some of that continental breakfast. Uh, but yeah, you guys can make your way over there. Um, if you're in the, the end, you have the people that are there that are staying there, which is basically, I think just Quinn and may, uh, and I didn't go through Marzi, but Marzi was playing with the kitten last I checked, so I apologize for that. Um, but Marzi is also there because Marzi's always there during morning because that's where breakfast is. Uh, and you have your new Tubi. So did you do anything in the evening with Tubi? Other than um, get Tubi a bed and try and get Tubi not to sleep on top of me and then gave up on that idea. 
Oh yeah, no, he definitely likes your face. It is yeah. it is his favorite yeah. place to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is very good about not peeing inside the house. He he's walked himself outside or found a place that is appropriate to you know eliminate. Eliminate, yeah. Yep. All right. And you see May coming down the stairs from her room. Quint's down there as well. Uh, and you guys can make your way over to the temple if you wish. Okay. The temple itself is a large structure, not as large and ostentatious as many of the others, but it definitely occupies about a city block all to itself. At the center of the plot is a uh, cathedral that is at odds with itself. One half is finely crafted, looks like it is made out of dwarven stone and metal, uh, and it looks like it is as new as the morning day. Uh, as that dawn coming over the the side. The other half looks like it is dilapidated and ancient, almost in ruins. Uh, The stone is tarnished. The metal is uh, rotted almost completely away. And the wood there uh, is definitely signs of of aging and decomposition. And as you look closer at the plot, you notice that one side is full of teeming and fresh, beautiful, bountiful life. And the other half is dying or decaying in various stages. Uh, this definitely tracks with what anybody knows of the goddess hell, which is basically that she walks in both worlds. There is no life without death. There is no death without life. The two are married forever. Uh, and she is the personification of that. Um, Ron walks. Sorry, go ahead. As we're walking, I actually turned to Quint. So what, what are you? I'm a half orc. No, no, no. I yeah, I don't mean that. I mean, what are you? Like you, you're you don't have any real obvious weapons. I saw you punching those things. Is like, are you a punch wizard? I'm a monk. What is that? I punch things essentially. So, like, I mean, I have claws, so I claw things sometimes. But I I I like to claw things. But I sometimes I use a weapon. You don't do that. I have my staff. I, point, I kind of gesture with the quarter staff that I'm carrying. Oh, that's a weapon. I've seen people use those just to walk with. Mm, I usually just use it to walk with. My but you hit people with it. Sometimes. But you don't want to put a pointy end on it or anything. Because, see, I've got one, and I hold up my, my, uh, my scythe. But mine has a pointy end. I find I don't need points to deal damage. But how do you know when they're dead? When they stop moving. Oh, okay. I guess it's kind of like throttling something. All right. Yeah. Okay. I understand now. Thank you. You're welcome. So, I mean, you're going to keep coming around with us? I don't know why I'm still here, so I'm curious as to why you're still here or anybody else. If any of you want to tell me why you're still here, that's cool. Quint kind of looks around the city. I've never been here before. I didn't mean here in the city. I meant here with us. Well, I've never been here before. You people are at least somewhat familiar, so I might as well stay with what's familiar for now. Okay, just between you and me and and everybody else in this group who's walking in the same direction, I have no idea what's going on in this place. Like, I just got here myself. Well, then, we're in similar straits. I just don't don't expect me to actually know what's going on <laughs> ever because everybody's confusing. It took me like forever to get somebody to slash my face open last night. 
Where did you find that? Oh, there was a some kind of under under thing. I don't. I'm not really sure. We went downstairs, and then there was a room, and suddenly there were people fighting. But luckily, there was one of my people there, and who understood the blood right. Uh, I need. I need in- at the mention of fighting pit. <laughs> Ron, Ron hears this, and you know that this is Walter's secret. Uh, "Quote unquote secret fighting pit that he runs a basically a fight club underneath the hotel. Everybody, it's the worst kept secret, and it's a tradition held over from like thirty years ago when he helped rebuild the city. Um, yeah, so you know that it, you know exactly what he's talking about. She, she sorry, she. Apologies. D and D pronouns are hard sometimes. Oh, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I, so yeah, there's a there's there's sand floors and. It looks like there's gambling, which I don't personally approve of. Fighting shouldn't be something you gamble on. But we didn't we didn't do gambling. I just went into a room with the, with him, and he's we we slashed each other for a while. He got my face really good. See, he got like three right across the eye. Yeah, and that's, it it's looks, really hard to get scars across the face like this. And it looks red and really irritated right now. Maybe you should get a healer to look at that. No, no. If they heal it, it'll go away. Oh, I, I don't see. want it to go away. It, it is really hard to get face scars. My brother will be so jealous. He'll be like, you're just a girl. You shouldn't have face scars. Face scars are for boys. And I'll be like, shut up. Because he has to shut up. So your kind ritually marks themselves? Not ritually. Uh, I mean, you got to get lucky. You can't just like go, oh, I want face scars. you got to get somebody else to give you the face scars in a fight. You can't just decide you want them. Like the scar, like yeah, but oh yeah, I'm definitely keeping them. Are you kidding me? This is this, who this is going to be such bragging rights when I get home. That's fascinating. As you are conversing, uh, you notice that Ron is is taking these steps up to the the temple with familiarity. Um, Dinar has been here many times with her as well, uh, and walks you up to the front of the door. Which again, even at the door, uh, it is finely crafted on one side. It looks like it is made out of uh, brass or bronze. In, it looks like it is embossed with symbols of various gods. Uh, a scene that you're not familiar with, but it looks like they're all arguing with each other, uh, almost like a family dinner. And the other side is uh, blackened in in almost falling apart. Uh, but when you touch it, it is you know, sturdy. And that scene is basically all the gods lean dead because everything dies. Uh, and as you walk into the temple, the door swings open inward and it's much the same. The room itself is, is simple. The main, the main hallway, uh, it's rows of pews, uh, leading up to a, uh, altar would be generous. Um, it looks like when sermons are given here that the intent is to walk through the crowd and more with the people. Um, you see, there are a few folks here in early morning, uh, prayer, uh, some on the side of life. A few look like they are grieving on the side of death. Uh, and there looks like there are a few alkalites, uh, tending to the, the, the folks here. Uh, the ones shrouded in, uh, the dark robes, uh, are working with the folks that are grieving, trying to work them through their grief and understand that this is natural while those on the side of the life are clad in almost like a, um, it's all like an off white, but very, very bright coloration of the robes. Ron leads you back towards past the little raised dais area to the back where the private chambers for those in the temple are. Uh, and the hallways are, are again, still that sort of di- that, that dual nature. And you walk back to what Ron knows as how to rise private chambers. 
Um, the door is closed, and you can hear that there are voices coming from the other side. Uh, well, I will go up and rap on the door. Uh, the voices abruptly stop. Uh, you hear the motion of what sounds like metal on metal. Uh, very clearly, somebody armored is moving towards the door. Uh, and a rather severe-looking elfish woman with pitch-black eyes, alabaster skin, and armor of plate that looks like it is made out of bone opens the door quickly and stares at all of you. Uh, sees Ron, smiles a little bit. You know that this is Dee Dee. Uh, this is Hatterai's quote-unquote sister. Uh, she hugs you uh, and ushers you inside. Who are the rest? These are my companions, I suppose. We've all, we've all been through uh, something of a trying adventure. She smells the air. Oh, they've met Mother. Excellent. Fine, come <laughs> in, come in, come in. I'm just arguing with Hatterai. Oh, you're not arguing with me. You're simply saying things that are incorrect. That, that's all there is to it. And it looks like there's morning tea and, and looks like some uh, biscuits set out and there's enough space for everybody to sit comfortably. Hatterai stands up, smooths his robes as Dee takes a position next to the door and just kind of leans, leans to the side. Uh, those of you that are more militaristically minded notice that she has a uh, what looks like a skeletal dragon hand uh, attached to her hip in the place of where a sword would be. Uh, but there is no blade to it. And Hatterai will greet you all. Welcome, welcome, friends. I hope you uh, are hungry. Do you, do you wash tea? Um, I know that the cat eats meat. I can always go fetch some if you're hungry. No, I ate before I came here. Oh, excellent, excellent. What can I do for you? I um, I was hoping... I was hoping to beg a favor for May here. She is concerned about her family at home and has no way to reach them. And I know... I know you have some way to speak across distances. I do. The mother has blessed me with uh, the ability to reach out. Um, is this what you desire? Uh, May? I, well, that weird thing that we fought after we fought it, it gave me the ability to, it said I could make someone come back from the dead, but I don't know of anybody dead. Like, why would I need that? Why did it give me that if it did? So I would like to, to talk to my one of my mothers, um, if possible, or one of my fathers. But my mothers are usually more accessible. All right. Well, uh, this will be potentially slightly uncomfortable for you. I apologize. Um, I can let you use me as a conduit. Uh, basically, I will unfortunately be privy to your conversation. Uh, but you can hold my hand and speak to your mother. You must keep a strong vision of her in your mind, uh, or one of your mothers. I, I'm not entirely confident I know exactly how your familiar structure works. But regardless, um, and he takes off his glove, and you see that, that skeletal hand that you noticed before, that, or that you thought was skeletal, is absolutely skeletal. Um, it's almost, the, there's no flesh. Uh, it it looks like it is bone animated in some capacity, and he holds out his hand to you. Uh, again, I apologize, but uh, this will, might be a I'm little like, bit odd. My eyes, my eyes have like dilated, and I'm staring at it, but I'm not like disgusted or afraid. I'm just like bones. 
please, please don't eat my hand. I would appreciate it if you did not. Oh no! Uh, yeah, uh, uh, that, yeah. Mm. Wow. I, I assure you, it feels everything. It is. It would be quite annoying. You wouldn't be the first to try. Um, but yes, please take my hand. Okay, I take his hand. Um, and it's almost instantaneous. It's almost like you're pulled into um, a, a nondescript white space, and it looks like there is a table there, uh, and it is you and Hadarai uh, sitting at the table, uh, and he converses with you in, in, in a tone that has sort of like that angelic reverb. Um, envision your whoever you wish to speak with, and they will appear. I imagine uh, the, the youngest of the six mothers is Quality Cock. And that's the uh, one I'm imagining. She's got bright red fur on her face. It's an unusual splash of red fur that most of them don't have. Um, very long hair for one of for one of our females, uh, which she braids. And the 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 scythe I'm carrying is hers. Um, so I imagine her back when she gave it to me. I imagine like the day that she handed it to me before I left. Okay. And focus on that through what looks almost like the mist of the area, because there's like a sort of an ambient light that, that doesn't really give definition to the space. Uh, she emerges through, uh, and kind of walks forward and looks at Hatterai and looks at you little Fang. Maman, Maman, are you, is, is everyone well? Uh, well, your brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers are well, uh, Except we did lose a litter. Oh. Two Our cubs. Men, they they were young ones? I, I I've been gone a little while. Fresh freshly born. They did not survive their fortnight. But no one has been struck down, no one has been injured or nothing like that? None that you know, no. When are you coming home to visit? Oh, it's it's far, Mama, and I don't know. I'm I'm in what is the name of the city? Highgate. I'm in Highgate on the other continent. Oh, you have traveled far. Yeah, I I was on a boat for a while. Uh, by the way, I don't like boats. That wasn't good. The water keeps moving, but it, it, everyone tells me the water isn't moving. The boat's moving, and I I yes, of course, the boat's moving, but the water is moving, Mom. I've been on a boat before, child. You are. Correct in your assessment. Yeah, and I, uh, I just something happened. There was a strange thing. I, I don't really understand it. It's it was. Do you remember the the the, the kinmoots when all the the tribes would come together and we would have like there would be food and there would be like celebrations and and all that. Yes, it was it was like that except people had their faces painted and um some sort of monster tried to kill me like multiple <laughs> times. And, but otherwise it was pretty much like a Ken moot. And I met a bunch of people. Um, and this person here is friends with one of those people. And that's how I was told that I could talk to you this way. You see how her eye just kind of like waves at her. <laughs> but I just, I, the, the boon I gave, I was given was that apparently this being, I don't know what it was. And I mean, it, they said it was a god, but you know we don't really like gods. I, I, don't, I don't. More trouble than they're worth. Arrogant. Yes, yeah. I'm familiar with the their existence, and she sneers the word. How do I? How do I just smiles knowingly? But apparently, the the god gave me the ability to bring someone back from the dead. But I don't know anybody dead. 
I wanted to make sure somebody wasn't dead that I wasn't that I didn't know about. Well, aside from the Cubs, no, everybody's fine. And there were two of them. Two of them, yes. Okay, uh, thank you, Maman. Um, I I will try to come home. I will. Uh, what is it? It's winter there. It is. Yeah, I. I'm going to be up front. I don't miss the winter. <laughs> I don't really have good fur for winter, Mama, and I never did. Neither did I. You take after me. Yeah. All right. Um, tell everybody, except, of course, you know, my, my arrogant jack dear double brother, that I said I, I love them and I miss them, and I will be back when I can. I will tell them all, including your brother, that you love them and miss them. Mama. You know you do. Gormod is such a dweeb. You antagonize each other because you are similar. You know this. Uh, I don't like it when you're right. Arzu jumps up, hugs a little bit on her side, and says, whispers, stage whisper, show her your scars! She can see my scars. They're right on my face. Uh, yeah, so you guys kind of don't... You're not in the room with them, per se, but you oh, do okay. hear, like, as... May is talking. May is talking. So you hear May's side of the conversation. So you you, you kind of hear a distant whisper in your room uh, of basically show her your scars. Um, you can see my scars, right? They're right on my face. Ah, uh, yes. You have you have taken to the bloodening. Yes. I uh I I I don't think I could have actually killed him. He seemed really strong, but he he was pretty good. He he got me really good in the face. I can see that. His claws yeah. is an impressive span. Yes. He, he was, he's almost as big as, as, as father. Well, first father. Ah. Um, he, he probably wasn't quite as big as Ganeliwad, um, but pretty big. He was big. Yeah. And at this point, Hatterai will stand up and walk over and just kind of put his hand on her, your shoulder. I, it we is need about to go? time, yes. Yeah, that's fine. I know I didn't expect this to be very long. Goodbye, Mama. I I will try and come see you all soon. Uh, especially Gened. Um, tell you know I I goodbye. And with that, the scene fades, uh, and you find yourself back in your body. And Hatterai is standing with you. Uh, your hand is still in his, um, and he just kind of sits down, exhausted. Uh, takes a sip of his tea, looks at sorry, it, pours a little bit of about, booze in there, and then drinks sorry. some more. Sorry about Maman. Uh, we don't we don't have much to do with gods. It's understandable, child. Do not do not fret. I mean, I've I've, I've so far the the one that I've seen was very impressive. Well, I've seen a few in my day too, and some are more impressive than others. Oh. Well, I, I wasn't counting the big clown monster. If that counts as a god, that definitely wasn't impressive. That was just nasty. Uh, well, let's hope that I don't run into him anytime soon. But I hope you got what you needed, child. I well, no, not at all. But at least I know my mother, my family's okay. Uh, do you like? Do I owe you something? Should I do something for you? Do you need anything killed? I can kill things. Um, you guys seem to like death, so I could do that. And at this point, he shoots Didi a look, and <laughs> Didi looks at him and smirks. Well, we could use a retrieval team. Okay, what do you need retrieved? And he kind of awkwardly sits up and, and looks at you. About 30 years ago, me and my friends stumbled upon a temple to Lilith. 
in the jungles. Unfortunately, one of our precious items, I guess I should say, was lost there. The temple is a ziggurat in the center of the jungle. I am not quite what I used to be and have too many responsibilities to go, despite my sister's insistence that we handle it ourselves. If you are willing, and he looks at all of you, it is by no means required. It is not payment, and I will gladly help compensate you for your time, but I wouldn't mind having people I trust, and he looks at Ron with a a uh, very warm, smi- fatherly smile, uh, retrieve it for me. And as my daughter has taken a liking to you, uh, I feel that that is a good judge of character because Ron hates everybody. <laughs> I, well, well. I mean, you did me a favor, so I'm willing to, but I can't, obviously can't speak for everybody else. He just kind of looks at the group. Again, no obligation, but you, if you wish. Whatever service I may do for the Temple of Health, for you, I would be most pleased. And Quint if you stick 13. it to Lilith, and if you could stick it to Lilith, you wouldn't mind that either, right? No, I would never mind that. She has Quint. kind of a fierce grin with maybe a few too many teeth at that part. Quint sips her tea and kind of gives the elf a sidelong sort of, huh, glance, and then looks back at the other guy and says, all right. All right. Didi, if you will. The temple of life and death needs me to do something, I guess. This uh, is something that I should do. He smiles. You seem to fit right in with one of our aspects. Didi, if you will. And she walks over to the table and she slams her hand on it in a rather violent manner. Uh, And in place of it is when she removes it is almost like a coin with a gem in the middle of it. And a small projection comes up. Uh, It it is a chalice. Um, Not you can't see the color of it, but you can definitely see it is finely engraved uh, with skulls. It looks like it is encrusted in gems. Uh, and it has runes of a time long forgotten. This is Mother's Cup. She gave it to us when we went on this first leg of the adventure, and Walter dropped it, because Walter can't hold on to any goddamn thing. To be fair, his hand's half missing. I don't... This is Hatterai, not Walter. Oh, I'm sorry. You guys look the same, I guess. She kind of Have I smiled. ever met Walter? No, but you... I'm assuming you stayed in his hotel last night. Are you the dwarf? I have met him then. Uh, he is not a dwarf. He is a human. Okay, I'm sorry. That That's okay. We I understand. And she smirks. Sometimes people look similar to those that are outside. But Ron is we, over here. Ron is kind of holding in like a laugh. At the, at the mention of Walter. <laughs> uh, we had to flee because, well, in the... We accidentally are the ones that woke up Lilith. And she just kind of like just stares at Hatterai. 
uh, it was an accident, and we had to flee rather quickly. Um, she was entombed there. It was not fun, and they were very, very dumb. Isn't that right, Hatterai? It was good wine! It was really good and ancient! How do you expect me not to drink it? You, you see, Dee Dee just rolls her eyes. <laughs> we don't know where it is inside of the temple, but we assume that it is still there. Uh, if anything else, Lilith would keep it as a trophy. We can get you passage there. We have a friend with an airship who will be more than happy to take you to Saratesh. Um, and you can go ahead and you can either go directly to the Forest Wilds or we can arrange to have you stop at the city of Iramor, uh in the desert just close to the border. Uh, if you do this for us, we will owe you rather large favor. And she picks the coin back up, and the image of the cup disappears. And if you wanted to ransack the place, well, that'd be fine with me as well. Is there things worth ransacking? Don't know. We didn't have a chance to look at uh, the place while we were there, but it was has been 30 years. It's hard to tell. I would imagine that it was like any tomb of ancient nobility or, in this case, a god. There's probably stuff worth stealing there. Do we know anything? Have you heard anything of what is in the tomb now? We haven't been back to Saratesh since the barrier was raised. And that was shortly after we defeated uh, Lord Drost. Uh, Lilith's son. The section of that continent became almost impassable. Uh, we don't know what, if anything, has changed there, if anything has taken residence there. So honestly, you're going to go in blind, more blind than I would like, but, I mean, death and glory, what else is there? Is there some particular... I, of course, will always be happy to wreck what is Lilith's, but is there some particular reason this needs to be found now, 30 years later? I'm sure you know that over the last several years, the Death Cult has been ramping up its activity and attempts at certain folks' lives. Uh, we think that part of the reason that they're getting through Mother's Gaze is that they have an artifact of hers in which to see what she sees. We want to take that away from her. If we can take that away from her, well, then the whole world becomes just a tad bit safer. Mm. Ren just nods solemnly. Plus, it would complete Mother's dinnerware set. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are all willing, I will gladly take you to the airship whenever you are ready to leave. I sort of glance around at our impromptu party. I mean, everything I own is literally in this bag. I don't think I can go at any time. I've got nothing to do. And at this point, Merzi, you look down and you see that Tubi has uh, left your vicinity and is twirling through Dee Dee's legs and purring madly. And she seems to 
not be paying him any attention. Ahem. And he stops and he looks at you, cocks his head to the side. We're supposed to be going on an adventure. And he kind of looks at you and looks at the rest of the group, looks at Dee Dee, saunters back over to you with his head and tail high. I might have liked you better when you were a dragon. And his ears go fold back. Hmm. Right. Well, then, if let me know when you're ready and I'll take you there. Quint kind of glances at the rest of the group. Do we need to go prepare for anything? I don't know. Some of us carry everything we want on us. Yeah, I'm set. I'm ready to go. I'll just wait on everybody else. Come on. I mean, Ron. Ron has her sword, and that's really all she feels like she needs most of the time. All right. She takes you out of the temple. Uh, Hatterai is still recovering. Uh, takes you right out the front door. You see people give her a wide berth. All the alkalites uh, seem to not want to be caught in her gaze. Uh, and she is stepping rather purposely and uh, maybe a little more violently than necessary, making her heels click onto the uh, stone of the temple. Uh, she takes you back towards uh, Walters, where you know that the airport is essentially right next to it. Uh, takes you up in through a crystalline elevator to the top level where a large platform with several airships docked uh, await. And she leads you over to a clearly marked private area where a small, uh, almost looks like a cutter of a, of a ship is with giant gossamer sails uh, tucked neatly into the mast. Uh, and what looks like a very busy, hurried crew. Uh, and as you get closer, you notice that they are dwarves with green skin and small, tiny tusks. And she leads you up to the uh, through the gangplank. Uh, and they all like as you get closer, you notice that they're, they're children. And they swarm her screaming about Auntie D. Uh, and from below decks appears a uh, goblin and a dwarven woman uh, holding hands. Uh, you notice that the goblin does not have one hand and instead he has a metal stump attached to it and he has a rather uh, large flamboyant hat with a huge feather Uh, and she looks like her hair is braided neatly and precisely as a sailor would be and he hurriedly walks over greets d gives her a brief hug may i introduce bob an old family friend and he smirks. <laughs> yep, I'm Bob. This is my ship. Where are we going? He kind of looks at all of you. Quint is busy looking at the children. You can, of. you can see very clearly they are half dwarf, half goblin children. Yeah, she's just kind of like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> Almost like they're alien life forms, but interesting <laughs> ones. Dee Dee leans down and whispers into Bob's ear, and he, oh, we're going back there? 
<laughs> All right. Can I wreck the place this time? She just kind of shakes her head. They're going in. You stay safe with your family. No. There's no fun in it that. Sounds like it's our job to wreck the place. Well, wreck it good. Bring me back a rock. I like rocks. Rocks are good. Well, you guys ready to go? Yes. Okay. Uh, Dee Dee says her goodbyes, winds up leaving the ship, uh, and you hear Bob barking orders in a combination of uh, goblin and dwarven uh, to the children who are expertly climbing the riggings and getting everything ready to go. Uh, and he takes his place at a helm uh, where he adjusts his hat, puts takes uh, what looks like a mechanical hand out of a bag at his side, puts it onto the metallic stump so he can use two hands uh, and starts getting everything ready to go. Uh, the airship unfurls its gossamer sails uh, and slowly begins to take off from the dock. Um, anybody who has flown before, this is nothing new to you. Uh, and it does look like Bob has a certain level of expertise with manning the ship um, as he starts taking over uh, basically uh, the helm. His wife begins continuing to bark the orders to the children. Uh, and then she will, you know, walk up to you. You need anything. Food? If there's anything like a, a spar or something, I am currently climbed up on it and I'm like staring, like my eyes are flipping around constantly. Like if you take a cat in a car for the first time, that's <laughs> oh, pretty much what I'm doing. I take it you've never flown before. What? No, no. I mean, one time a bird got me, but I, I got its throat, so it dropped me. What well, is this? This is an airship. It's like a boat, but for the air. So the water's going to move. There's no water to move. Don't worry. Water's going to move. And she's going to chuckle. I go back to looking around. Is your friend going to be okay? Uh, I I think so. When we when we get back to the ground. Denar is an air genasi, so this is like his domain. He's happy to be up here. And as you guys are talking, the, the airship does go up higher and higher till it breaches through the clouds. Uh, and the scene is rather peaceful and serene. That uh, looks like there's just the sun from the, the new day coming through. Uh, the clouds look like a immovable sea of what look cotton or, or fluffy material. Uh, and as you guys swing towards uh, the southern continent of Saratesh. And the first day, the first couple hours, it's a little weird getting used to. Uh, Bob informs you that it'll be a day and a half trip uh, to get there in good time, which is quicker than everyone would have assumed. Uh, the ship is making some rather good speed. Uh, and you do see that periodically he'll take a little gemstone out of his little pouch and throw it into the helm, uh, somehow powering something that you can't see. Uh, and every time he does, it looks like the uh, ship takes a, a little bit more speed on. Uh, I would say May starts to calm down probably at this point because the clouds don't look like they're moving anymore. Uh, it looks like you're cutting through them. So it's not, I'm not like the it's ocean. not that I freaked out exactly. It's just that this is all new. So I'm, my eyes are wide and I'm taking everything in all the time. Yeah. Like I, I'm continuously that state of cat readiness that is not actually readiness because the cat has no idea what it's doing like that. But you would notice that this is much smoother than it. And then the boat felt. So it's almost, almost believable that you could be on solid ground. 
Um, the children are look like they are rather adept at manning the ship. They're handling everything from uh, making sure all the, everything is tidied up. You see them; some of them are doing the traditional swabbing the planks uh, or swabbing the deck. Uh, and uh, the mistress of the boat will actually encourage you all to come below decks, uh, as it looks like she has prepared a little bit of a spread for everybody. Nothing too fancy. Uh, looks like some stew, some bread, uh, and it looks like the ship is rather well maintained. Uh, and it looks like it's got a few rooms off to the side, uh, a full galley, and what looks like a miniature bar. Um, you are are left to your devices for right now as she goes back up above deck to make sure that everything is going smoothly. As a tinkerer, Merzi is very interested in his artificial hand. Okay. Do you just go up to Bob and talk to him? or? Yeah, I just go, go up to Bob and talk to him about how it's constructed and... Uh... Oh, yeah. Uh, dwarf mate. Uh, it, and he takes his hand off and hands it to you. I lost my hand a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Did you just misplace it? Well, um, D D and her, 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 well, my friends, they felt bad because they're the reason I lost my hand. So they bought me a new one. I got other attachments too. You want to see? Absolutely. Do you have one that blows fire? Nope, but I have this. And he puts on like what looks like a giant battle axe head. Uh, and it looks like it is emblazoned with dwarven runes of power. It's like, <laughs> this is my killing hand. It looks like it would kill things pretty effectively. Mm-hmm. I killed a whole bunch of murlocs once. They tried to get on the ship. Didn't like that. <laughs> I turned them into snowmen. Yeah. Do you have anything that's got like a really long pole to extend it out so you don't have to have it up close? But why would I want to do that? It's more fun when you're variety. up close. And you can see the glint. Like, this is one of those things where, like, May, like, recognizes like. You can tell he is a barbarian, uh, at least in some capacity, because as he talks about getting up and close, uh, you see that this is, like, that glint of, like, joyous rage in his eyes. It's like, mm-hmm. well, it's like this. See, I got this thing, and I pull out the scythe. This thing can get people from far away, but I'd also pull them closer, or it can hit them on their way in. You know, just just for options. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but I, I, I'm really good at this. <laughs> I'm not saying you shouldn't be enjoying hitting people with an axe. Believe me, I'm not saying that. Yeah, I have, I have other attachments, too. And he brings out, like, a hook hand. And he brings out one that looks like it's a magic rod. Um, you look at it, it, it's... It is a magic rod. It almost looks very similar to your magic missile rods, uh, except when you look at it, it's a cleaning enchantment. Uh, he brandishes it like a weapon, but it really is just for cleaning things. Um, he just doesn't tell anybody that. <laughs> he's got other stuff. He's got a spatula hand. Uh, he's got a, a bunch of cookware stuff. Mary's just going to plop down next to him, pull out her drawing book, and start drawing pictures of the hand. I'm, I'm going to need it back because I need to steer. Oh, can, can, can I look at one of the others? Sure, just don't take them. They don't have to kill you. <laughs> oh, that would be inconvenient. Yeah. All right. Yordle is going to find... So she's uh, going to sit there and... She's just going to kind of look at it and see if she can pieces it take it apart without taking it apart and draws the pictures in her book. 
Yeah, you can uh, you can make some notations. Uh, he there is actually a stamp on it that tells you where it's made, and it was made back in Highgate. Uh, so you can go and find the Dwarven Smith that made it, and probably inquire more when you get back home. Okay, what does Yordle do? You were making a you were saying something there. I'm gonna go find uh, a nice place to look out behind the ship as we're traveling. Okay, and just let spores fall along the path as we go. Sure. They can drift along, land where they will. All right. What? She's gone to one of the side railings, and she's just sort of looking down because she's interested in what it looks like down there. Uh, the cloud cover has started to part for, for anybody looking over the side of the railing. Uh, you would notice that it's that patchwork landscape uh, that you would kind of expect to see if you were flying through an airplane today. Uh, you can see the different fields and different towns. Uh, eventually, it does fade away as you breach past the major coastline uh, and into the ocean proper. Uh, you can see large sea creatures uh, emerging in groups. Uh, you can see... Uh, ships and traveling through commerce lanes. Um, and the day is, again, rather peaceful as it passes into the nighttime. Uh, there are rooms for any of them, any of you that wish to have them. Um, otherwise, you can just kind of find a spot if you want to crash out. You can see uh, Bob's wife, uh, Moira, takes over the helm as he uh, goes below deck to, to rest for a little bit. Uh, some of the kids almost like chain shifts. And it looks like there's about 14 kids. Uh, so they've definitely been busy. Uh, but they're all, you know, sort of have their dinner, go through their, their normal thing, and kind of offer you rooms to set you up for the night if you wish. I'm going to take a room. Okay. Quentin goes back to looking at the children because they're fascinating. You see one that looks like she's got really ratty pigtails. Um, maybe that they was a self-given haircut, potentially. Walks up to you. What are you? I am a half-orc. Oh! Because you're, you're, you're not green like me, though. Well, I'm sort of green. Kind of, but different. Yes. You're you big. I am. Mm-hmm. And a I dwarf. I'm tall. Not necessarily big. Mm, I'm going to say big. Definitely big. Look at those muscles. She pokes your arm. Thank you. Why do you have tusks? Daddy's got tusks. So we have tusks. Oh. <laughs> I did not realize your father had tusks. He, he files them down. He's embarrassed about them. He says that people think it's menacing and they don't do good business when they're scared. It's the same reason he doesn't show them his battle axe all the time. Mm-hmm. At that point, May is off in the corner having a dream of disemboweling something with her bare hands. So that's going on while this person's saying people shouldn't be menacing. Mm-hmm. Just, just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like bring up the back legs and raking at the, you know, using my back feet to rake at things with my claws, that kind of thing. Quint points out her own tusks. I have tusks, too. You're very pretty. I like you. Thank you. I like you, too. Do you have rooms? We do! By the way, I'm Gemma. I am Quint. Quint, I can show you to a room. Mm -hmm. And she grabs your hand and just starts, like, tugging at you, like, with the enthusiasm of a six-year-old. 
Quint just kind of follows along, a little startled. All right. And she shows you know it's a modest room. It looks like one of those like economy cabin docks or cabin uh, things in inside of one of the ships. Uh, it's got a cot. It looks like it has its own wash basin. Uh, looks like it has a port window that looks looks out over the the air, so you can see what's going on. Um, just here you go. It's clean. I cleaned it. Mm-hmm. This will do quite nicely. And she sits cross-legged on the cot. She beams. Okay, I let you sleep now. I know that uh, some some sleep is good. Mm-hmm. And then she closes the door. And you can hear her like yelling to her siblings that she made a new friend that you have tusks. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to need, and let's see here, uh, we'll go ahead, we'll let Deb do it. Go ahead and roll me a d20 and just tell me what you get. That was a natural one! <laughs> Okay. You don't want me rolling. No, that's it. Uh, I I definitely do. <laughs> All right. So the evening passed. I'm in a room. I've gone to sleep. I have a cat sleeping on my chest. Okay, that, that's my excuse. That's perfectly um, fine. Just to prepare for whatever is coming, uh, I I just keep major armor on me all the time. That's fine. I, I I'm not again. I'm not picky about that stuff. I see a seven and not a one. I also see a seven, but it's still within what I was looking for. Okay. Well, it's a natural one. It doesn't say what the plus six was from. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, anyway, uh, so the evening passes into slumber for most of you. Um, anybody who does sleep, uh, and it's about probably midnight when you start. Are startled awake by what are alarm bell dinging. Uh, and it sounds almost like a naval bell. And you hear Bob barking orders at his children to get below deck uh, as his oldest are sta- starting to uh, run down. You can see them as you exit your room running to get weapons. Uh, looks like pikes, nets, uh, and things like that. Uh, and you see Bob's wife, Moira, uh, ushering the smaller children into uh, the communal eating area, which seems like it is the most central part of the ship. What has happened? Uh, well, you know how it is. You travel, you go close to the jungles, and, well, there's going to be harpies. Ah. Uh, do you need help in dispatching them? Probably. My idiot husband will probably get himself killed by jumping over the side if he has to. That's not very sensible. Would well, not be ideal. He is the pilot. Well, he... Do we need a fly spell? Uh, you haven't even assessed the situation yet, so you don't know. Oh. Um, this is below decks. Um, well, uh, if I'm, you... I'm on the deck. That's where I'm sleeping. So, so you would you would be woken up by the bell, and you see uh, what looks like a dozen harpies uh, trying to uh, assault the boat. Oh my gods! I don't actually pray to any of them, but yeah. thank you anyway. Uh, I go giant size. First thing I do, like I'm, oh, I'm not, I don't even get up yet. I turn to a giant immediately. <laughs> right, I'm assuming that everybody comes out from below deck. Yeah, Quinn yeah. makes her way yeah. upstairs. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to need a uh, initiative from everybody, please. Oh boy. 
<laughs> Eight. You rolled better than me. Fifteen. Okay. Sixteen. Uh, Dinar got seventeen. May's got an eighteen. That's only appropriate. She was up on the deck to begin with, so. There we go. Yeah. You've taken your cat on a long trip, and now there are birds. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> That's what just happened. That's literally what happened. All right. Uh, so first up in the order is going to be uh, May with an eighteen. Okay. Um, I guess I now is the time that I turn giant. Yep. Like I, I couldn't do it before the initiative. So. Yep. Okay. Giant sized. Uh, is there anything within ten feet of me? Uh, we are going to say that you could probably reach one or two of the harpies as they're sweeping in pretty easily. Uh, they're basically making dive bomb attacks at the deck. Uh, looks like they're trying to either get at Bob and his, his oldest kids, uh, targeting the helm a little bit while others are making attacks for the sails. Okay. I'm going to go for the ones that are going for the sails first. Cause I, I don't know how this, Oh wait, I don't know how boats work. Now I'll go after the ones attacking Bob and his kids, especially kids. You shouldn't attack kids. That's just wrong. Yeah. All right. Uh, go ahead and make me, uh, some attack rolls. There's plenty to go around. I've got 12 of them here. So first up is hitting the weapon itself. That's a 28 to hit. Yeah, that hits. The, the Harpies don't exactly have high armor class. This will have an extra 1d6 damage I'll have to add after. Okay. So that's 16 damage. Uh, you rake into the side of one of these things as it's making a dive bomb attack in. Uh, you definitely cut it good. Uh, it rips out a shriek as it bleeds. Whoa, I don't know why I did that. Sorry, that that was not what I intended. Sorry, I don't do 23 extra damage. Okay, well, that was, that was a to hit roll. Yeah, I'm trying to get it to roll 1d6. There we go. That's two extra damage on top of the 16, so 18 total. Uh, And you're not raging yet, right? No, that's next round. I can only... Uh, One bonus action basic, return. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to attack again. Okay. I'm the same one, I guess, since why not? Sure. That's a 26 to hit. That absolutely hits. Uh, 14 damage. Okay. Uh, this thing is looking extremely bad. Okay, I'm trying to figure out... <sighs> no, I can't use it because I used a bonus action to go giant. So that's it. Okay. Actually... My no can't use that either. Sorry again. Bonus action. Then I'm done. All right. Next on our list is Dinar. Okay. How many of them are there? There are twelve total. It looks like about six and six. So six are going after Bob and his kids in the helm. Six are going for the uh, sails. All right. Um, and there are they all up in the air? Uh, they're flying. It's like a, a swirling melee, uh, essentially. They're flying out, diving in, flying out, diving in. Uh, harpies are not exactly known for staying and standing and fighting. Okay. All right. I, I 
just been wanting to do this, so let's have fun. I uh, I point into kind of the center of where they all are. Up pops a um, like a, a portal that dives down into the underworld, and out comes a demon. Now we need DM uh, confirmation here. Do I know the name of the demon that comes out? I would say yes. I mean, you're summoning a demon at this point. Okay. Then out comes this like weird gorilla-looking uh, Balgura. And uh, so I call out, uh, hey, Gus. And he like kind of uh, grunts. And now he's got to roll a... Um, to keep it simple, he's just going to act on. And keep it simple, he's just going okay. to act on your initiative. Okay. So then I tell him. Uh, okay. So there's some that are in melee, right? Uh, there, you can pretty much hit any of them that you want. Uh, they're diving. Okay. They're diving in and out of melee, so it's it's pretty easy to do. Okay. So then I tell him to just attack. Um, uh, what's in front of him? So he's going to make uh, three attacks. Go for it. Uh, so he's got um, plus seven to these attacks. Okay, we'll go ahead and make your rolls. Oops, I don't know if these are all going to come out. Uh, holy cow. Every um, single one of them hits. Okay. Holy crap. Okay, so um, the, f- so the first bite, one hits. The bite is 2d6 plus four. Uh-huh. And the fists are 1d10 plus 4. There's the bite. So, uh, 13. Okay. Uh, don't forget the, the fists, because it hit three times. So the fists hit as well. Two of those, so... Um, so 2d10 two, two plus, plus 8. Okay, so another 17. He just shreds one of the harpies into nothingness. Uh, So you see Gus gets on, makes a running leap, grabs one of these things out of the air, chomps into its back with its face, uh, and just pounds it into pulp with its fists. Holy cow. Um, What are you rolling for there? Oh, that was his saving throw. Okay, he's good. He stays under my control. Okay. All right. And that's it for me. All right. So we are down to 11 harpies and one almost dead harpy. Uh, that is Deb is up next. So what does Mirzy do? Mirzy is going to run to where Bob is. Okay. Yep. You can get there. No problem. Uh, then do I have time to cast something then, or is that yeah. my full turn? No, that's okay. just movement. You have you have right. move action, uh, action, uh, reaction, and a bonus action every turn. Then Mersey's going to cast Mirror Image, so there's more of her next to Bob. All right, so three more Mersey's pop up, uh, and you see that Tubi uh, is hiding in your robes, uh, even though he these are birds; these are much larger than him, and he understands that they will eat him. Okay, just stay put. Okay. All right. Uh, oh, I'm whipping out the... the let, let's, let's use the red wand next time. 
All right, sounds good. Uh, next up is going to be Yordle. Yordle is going to move towards May and fight there. Okay. Activating uh, Wild Shape for the extra spores. Okay. And does that count as all my actions, or do I get an attack? Uh, like, yeah. Your Wild Shape is a bonus action, I believe. Okay. Then I will cast Thorn Whip on whatever the closest Harpy is. Okay, there are, we'll say, five more still, with one of those five almost dead. So do you want to target the almost dead one? Yeah. Okay, go ahead and roll a hit. 23. That absolutely hits. Roll some damage. Six. That is just enough. Uh, how does your Thorn Whip finish that Harpy? Uh, the, the Yordle throws his hand out and the Vine stretches out and grabs the Harpy just by one of the wing tips and I crack the whip and pull the Harpy face first down into the deck. Okay. And it just... and Go ahead. And then I want to use a reaction to use fungal infestation on it, because it's a smaller medium, right? Uh, it is medium, yep. Then it will come back to life as a zombie under my control with one hit point. All right, you have a zombie now. It will act on and your I'm, next turn. Uh, it comes right after mine. In combat, the zombie's turn comes immediately after yours. Okay, go ahead. I will... Tell it to attack the closest harpy. Roll some attacks. Can you tell it to attack for me? I don't know how what attack it would be. We'll just roll a d20. Zombies make slam attacks. Four. Uh, that is going to be a miss. And that is the one at uh, one attack it gets per turn as it tries to uh, take a, a lunging strike at one of its former compatriots. All right, next up is Quinn. I'm chewing ice, of course. Um, <laughs> are there any harpies that are kind of grouped together? They're all in like a swarm, so like they're close enough. They would count with as within five feet of each other. Okay, Quint's just gonna bust in the middle of like three of them, or however many are grouped together like that, and use a key point to summon arms of the astral self. Okay, are you going after the ones that are going for the the sales, or the ones that are going for Bob and his family? One's going for the kids. Okay, uh, and that pushes them ten feet away and does they damage. Have to, they have to make a deck saving throw. Yep, I'm doing that right now. What is their dex save? Only a plus one. Uh, what's your DC? 14. Uh, one fails to uh, the three that are left otherwise succeed. So the one gets pushed far away. Okay, the ones that uh, failed take five damage. And the other ones take three. And... Um, any any of them that are within 10 feet of me, I think they get, do they get pushed back? The one that fails gets pushed back 10 feet. So you knock one of them uh, slightly away. 
Okay. okay. Then I'm going to punch the one that's closest to me. Go for it. That's an 18. Absolutely hits. Five damage. Okay. Palpable hit. Okay. And then I'm going to do an unarmed strike with the uh, arms of the astral self. Okay. Go for it. Once I find it, hang on. Wait, that was the wrong button. Never mind. That's the summon. That's not the... Okay, it's just another arm, unarmed strike, isn't it? Yep. 13? Misses. All right, wait. Nope, that hits. Roll some damage. Three damage. Okay. Let's spend another key point to do Flurry of Blows. Go for it. Uh, first one is a 21 to hit. Absolutely hits. Second one is a 19 to hit. That hits as well. Okay, five damage on the first hit. Okay. And seven damage on the second. All right. Uh, you guys see Quinn jumps into the mix. Uh, blue arms burst, uh, from just behind Quinn. And uh, pushes one of the harpies away uh, and definitely deals concussive force. The others, you can see feathers are starting to fly off of their wings. Uh, and then she, Quinn just picks one and starts laying into them uh, with all these blows. And you see that the uh, spectral hands start coming down and just raining blows onto this harpy, which is taken slightly aback. All right. I think that's all of your um, actions. Yeah, that's all of my actions. Okay. Next up is Ron. Uh, I'm going to run towards the ones getting the sails. Okay. Is is there anyone I can melee over here? Yeah, for again, for the sake of of convenience, uh, yeah, they're okay. they're diving in and out. You can easily attack them. That's not a problem. And I don't get sneak attack. I assume. Nope. They know you are there, and uh, you are not in a position where you have advantage yet. <sighs> Hard to flank a dozen harpies. Very my much. Uh, my demons in melee range. Does that count? With the ones with the sails. I don't know. <laughs> no, you went after you went after the ones okay. with uh, Bob's family. Okay. Man, this was not a tactically sound idea, but someone has to attack these guys before they bring the ship down. Um. Okay. Okay. How do I play a rogue again? Wait, um, the so- gonna... the sails hold the ship up? Like that's May actually says that. <laughs> Is that what does that? I didn't know. Since when have tactics ever, the lack of tactics ever stopped us? Go for That's it! A good point, good point, good point. Uh, and you hear that in a quartet of voices. Yep. <laughs> 17 to hit. Hits. 13 damage. Big hit, okay. And uh, offhand. Hits. Go ahead and roll some damage. Nine. All right. Uh, You 
pop up and just lay into this uh, one of them quite easily, uh, distracting it from whatever it's doing. Uh, it now has you as a target. Any bonus actions? I think the only cool thing I can do, I need to have done sneak attack. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't. Okay. You just check. No, 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 no. You can right. try and hide. Oh, I could hide. You could try to I'm bonus action hide. Should hide. Go for it. What's the worst that could happen? You'll <laughs> not hide successfully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably. You'll roll one and think that you are <laughs> hiding, while the rest of us are going. <laughs> what is check? she doing? I think she rolled that's a nineteen. A, so that's a nineteen. Yeah. Okay. Alright, these things are going to go. You are successfully hidden. You find some... You, you're In the mess of rigging, you find a uh, darker spot that you can kind of, like, hide yourself in as these things are flying around. Uh, so we're going to start with the ones that are on uh, you guys on Bob's family. Uh, one's going to take a swipe at Bob. Misses woefully. Uh, one is going to take a swipe on the uh, Balgura. Balgura. Uh, manages to hit it with a club. Uh, does a whopping three points of damage to it. Uh, one is going to go after Quint. Uh, hits with its claws. You are going to take six points of damage. And the last one is going to go after May. Hits once with its club. No, it doesn't. It has to make an attack roll on somebody I decide. Okay. I decided it attacks one of its own. All right. It hits. Deals three damage to one of its own with its club. There we go. Uh, and now we're going to do the ones on the sails. Uh, one of them is going to try to look for you. Actually, no, it's not. What it's going to do is it's going to sing a song. I need everybody oh, to no. make a wisdom saving throw. It's only a DC 11. I rolled 15. I rolled a natural 20. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a 9. That's going to be bad. I got a 12. Yeah, I got a thirteen. Everybody but Dinar is fine. Uh, we will resolve oh, that in no. a moment. It's uh, actually even worse because that means the demon might be free. Yep. Yeah, that's what I I'm know. Do. Uh, the rest of them are going to try to take swipes at the sails, uh, and you do see that they are trying to shred the sails. And as they do so, uh, their claws rip into the gossamer, and it's almost like stardust is falling out of it uh, wherever there's a tear. Um, and it looks almost like it's bleeding stardust. And if you didn't know better, you would swear that this ship just made a pained sound uh, when they got hit. Uh, Dinar, you are under the effects of a charm spell. Oh, no. <laughs> so right now, you think that this harpy, this one that's currently singing this absolutely beautiful song, uh, is your best friend. It doesn't really okay. keep you from doing anything else, uh, but you have to move towards it. 
uh, in the most direct route. Basically, uh, you want to essentially make out with this heart because you think it is a another hot genie. Ew. Okay. <laughs> Uh, everybody else who has made a successful save, you are immune to the song for 24 hours, so we do not have to worry about that again for you. And now it's Bob's turn. You hear Bob let out a bob-curdling scream uh, as he bulks up, grows about a foot in size, uh, and you see that it's almost like his axe is dripping uh, fiery blood that never like it dissipates as it moves slightly away. Um, things are all going to hit. Did you say Bob curdling on purpose? Yes, I did. <laughs> okay. I appreciate that you caught that. Uh, you see Bob just completely shred two of these harpies uh, th- that are on him and his kids. Uh, his kids are basically taking up a defensive position. And as you look closely, um, they're not trying to hit the harpies. They're trying to point their dad in the right direction. Uh, so there are two more gone there. And one looks like it is very grievously wounded. And then we go back to the top of the order. Okay. So it looks like Bob has his group in order. Uh, how far away are the sales ones? About 30 feet. Okay, I can move 35 feet. Um, I will head over there. Okay. Once I get within 10 feet of them, I will begin attacking. All right, uh, you can go ahead and start making some attacks. One looks like it is almost dead, and that's the one that's singing currently. All right, I'll try for that one then. 17. Easily hits. Hey, 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 off my lady <laughs> uh seven plus another six these d6 give me a sec yep uh so three more so 10 damage total uh it is looking very bad okay well then i'll attack it again uh, that's only a 13 still hits Uh, nine damage total. That finishes it off. Uh, you tear into this thing, shredding bone, skin, and feathers. Uh, it drops to the deck dead as its song ends. Uh, Dinar, you snap out of it. Okay, I'm going to polearm strike uh, the butt of the polearm on somebody next to me. Okay. That's a 15 to hit? Yep, you catch one as it's trying to swoop in behind you. You basically swing the uh, scythe around in such a way that it catches it in the solar plexus. Well, it only takes five damage. Okay. But I'm going to action surge. Yep, go for it. And I'm going to attack um, the uh, next closest one. The the one I, I just hit, I assume. Yep, go for it. Okay, that's a one, which would normally be a natural one, but I get to re-roll those. Go for it. Good old great weapon fighting stuff. Yep. Uh, that's go. a 23. Absolutely hits. Okay, that's 15. Uh, here's the thing. The way that the, my uh, giant size thing works is it adds a 1d6 per like one attack. Mm-hmm. But I just use action surge, which gives me an entirely. You still new get it. You st- it counts as a new whole attack action for those purposes. Okay. So I get to roll another d six. 
Uh, one more point of damage, so 16 total. Okay. Uh, that was just still, your first one. It's still alive. Yeah, yeah. Okay, second attack. Hits. Uh, 13, oh, 13 hits, okay. For ease of purpose, these things have an AC of 11. They're not a very hard to hit. Okay, 10 more damage. Uh, it is barely hanging on. All right, well, that is um, action and bonus action right there. Okay. So, yeah, I am... Yeah, because the bonus action was the polearm strike uh, with the butt of the polearm, which I assume I can only do once because it's a bonus action. Correct. You only uh, get one bonus action per turn. Action surges yeah. does not give you an additional bonus action. So that's it for me. Uh, I will basically take up an, a position. I'm going to actually put myself right up against the sail, so anything that wants to attack the sail has to come within 10 feet of me, which Easy. will give me at least one attack of opportunity. Sure. Easily enough. Uh, that's going to bring it over to Dinar now. You are no longer under the siren's uh, luring song because, well, she's dead. Okay. Then to start, I will aim at the um, ones near the sail and do two Eldritch Blast attacks. Okay, go ahead and roll. There's one that's almost dead. Okay, I aimed at that one. That 17. hits. I think your minimum damage is going to kill it. 2d10, right? Or 1d10? That's going to be uh, 10 nine. plus. Yep, that, 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 it finishes that one off. Okay, uh, then I aim for my second attack, aim at another one over by the... 22. Absolutely hits. Uh, seven. Okay. And then I um, tell Gus to keep attacking over in the other area. Okay. So go ahead and make me three attacks for Gus. That's his bite, which is... Uh, That's oh an eight gosh, total. An eight. Yep, he misses his bite. His two fist attack. Eleven. Uh, that just hits. And sixteen. Okay, so two hits. Uh, so two so d ten plus, plus eight. Yep. Okay, so uh, nineteen. Okay, that finishes one more off. There's only one left over there. Uh, and as Gus basically backhands one into the other, uh, finishing off one and damaging the other one because we are doing cleave oh. rules. And then let me do saving throws real quick. Okay. Okay, he's good. He's still under my control. Wonderful. Okay, uh, next up after that is back to Mare Okay, we have one. We have some that are, or at least one that's wounded, right? The one on you is very wounded, uh, and then it looks like there are three untouched ones by the sails, and one wounded one over by the sails. I think I'm going to aim my wand at the one that's over by me. All right, first we see if it even works. That's an 87. That works. Okay. Then roll me some damage then. 1d4. Was it the magic missile one? 
Yes. It's 3D4 because Magic Missile at level one is three three projectiles. That's right. That's, it's 1D4 at level one. Now, come on, work with me here. <laughs> well, even then, even at level one, it's still 3D4. It's three projectiles come out of it for each charge. So still roll two, roll two more That's D4, right. please. I'm not trying to shortchange you on, uh, on damage here. There, that's a total of eight. Not bad. Uh, you lay into this thing as it looks like all of your uh, mirror images surround it. Uh, do the same thing where they'll pull out the wand. Blam, blam, blam! Uh, magic missiles kind of sail out from each of them. Uh, nail into this thing. And you're expert enough at this that you make it look like it comes from all directions because some of those other ones were real because that's just the way you do things and it's magic and we're not going to question it. Uh, so it is looking confused. And scared, it is very much surrounded, uh, but not quite dead yet. Any other actions, bonus actions? Um, I'm just going to yell at it, you know, there, take that! There's more where that came from! You okay in there, Tubi? <coughs> I know, I know, I know. Okay. All right. Next up on the list is Yordle. Is there still alive ones around me, or did May get them all? Uh, if you're over by the sail, there are still four live ones over there. Okay, then I will thorn whip another one. Okay, go for it. He wasn't by the sail. Uh, I ran over to the sail. He was over. Well, in, you can, you can move if you want it. You can move over there if you oh, want. No, to. I'm just you know letting him know that's where he was if that's where he wanted to be. Okay, well I, I, I okay then I'll be I'll attack one of the ones at the front then. I don't need to move. Well, there's only one up at the front. Then I will attack that one. Okay. Uh, 21. Hits. Seven damage. Okay, it's not looking so great. And I'll send a zombie to attack that one. Okay, go ahead and roll a wonderful, wonderful attack roll, please. 12. Uh, that will hit. And I believe a zombie is a d6 plus 1. Uh, 7 damage. Very, very good. Uh, it is not looking good at all. It is almost dead. Any other actions? Bonus actions? Mm, no, unless it decides to move it, I can take a reaction. Nope, it's not moving. Cool. Then I'm done. Okay. Uh, that brings us down to Quinn at eight. Okay. Um, is the one that I was punching, is it dead? Uh, at th this point, Bob it's close to it, It's close to dead. Oh, okay, cool. I'm going to punch that one. Okay. 24 to hit. Hits. Your minimum damage is enough to kill it, so it just Four. explodes. Yeah. Are there any other ones near me, or are they all over at the sails at this They're point? all over at the sails at this point. Those are the only ones left. Cool, then I'm going to haul butt over to where the sails are and find another one, and I'm going to use Arms of the Astral Self on it. Go for it. For a strike. Eight. That misses. Shoot. They're not doing me much good right now. 
Um, they look cool. good. They look great, yeah, but they aren't doing anything. Uh, <laughs> uh, do I get two hits? Uh, you can flurry. Okay, I'm going to use a key point for you, Blows. Okay. One is a 24. That absolutely hits. Second one is a 20. That hits. Six damage on the first one. Okay. And seven damage on the second. All right. Uh, you lay into this one. Uh, it looks like this is the another one that had been damaged previously. Uh, not looking fantastic. Uh, just not happy right now. Uh, any bonus actions or anything else? Um, hang on one second. Bonus actions, bonus actions, bonus actions. Oh, yeah, I get another unarmed strike with a bonus action as a bonus action. Go for it. Hits. Yeah, three points of damage. This thing is barely hanging on. Okay, that's it. That's all I got. Uh, Ron, you're up. I am going to attack one of the ones over here that looks healthy. Go for it. You will have advantage because they do not know where you are. That's a 22 to hit. Roll again, just to make sure it's not a crit. Because it is with advantage. Not a crit. Okay. Definitely hits, and you can apply your sneak attack damage to this. Oh, here's the base damage. Uh, How do I roll sneak attack? Is there a thing I press, or do I just roll it? You just roll the dice on uh, D&D Beyond. It's... 46. That's an extra 8 damage. Okay. That was your first and attack. And I am... Uh... Yes, but after I deal my sneak attack damage, I can target a second creature... And deal 2d6 as whales from the grave. I never had to use, gotten to use this before. It's very exciting. Uh, there is one that is almost dead. I'm going to, I'm going to target that one. Okay. Roll me uh, some damage there. That yep. is nine damage. More than enough to finish it. So, what does your whales from the grave look like? It's like ghostly energy that sort of. Kind of dark necrotic energy that's sort of ghostly and spiritual that just sort of zooms toward and wraps around it. All right, so uh, at Quinn, as you are fighting this one that you just punched the heck out of, uh, from behind it, you notice like ghostly hands of necrotic energy uh, sort of materialize from around it and wrap it wrap it completely up in this energy. It's kicking and screaming uh, in its shrill voice. Uh, basically, is just completely scared and 
afraid and in pain and you can feel the cold from what's happening to it uh, and it's almost as if this energy is consuming it whole uh when the energy dissipates there is nothing but a couple feathers left huh and ron you I just reminded it of its own mortality no big deal you still have your uh offhand attack uh yeah i think i do <laughs> Uh, so to hit 21 to hit absolutely hits roll some damage and 10 damage this thing is not looking great okay uh, these things are going to go there's only three of them left what are they going to do uh, the one that's almost dead is going to try to take swings on you Ron okay and rolls a pair of twos, so it misses completely. Uh, the other two are going to try to take swings at the sails again. Uh, Matt, that gives you the opportunity to make that opportunity attack. Because okay. reach. 26. Absolutely hits. Uh, 14 damage. Okay. Palpable hit. Uh, they do still manage to make some swings on the sail, doing more damage. You see more. Oh, nope. First one that hits the sail turns and attacks the one that Ron was, uh, that's almost dead over there. What is the exact wording of your ability? That anytime, anytime it makes a successful attack roll, I can make it attack something else. Is it an attack roll at a creature? You or a creature you see within 30 feet of you is hit by an attack roll. It is not a creature that it is attacking, and therefore you cannot do that. Yeah, I was pretty sorry, pretty sure about that. Um, okay. You guys just see a little more stardust come out of it, which now is going to be Bob's turn. You see his kids uh, spin him around and push him out with almost looks like um, blunted pikes. Uh, to get him to go in the right direction. Uh, and he's going to try to swing at the remaining harpies. Misses wildly on all but one of his attacks. Uh, his base damage is enough to kill the one that is almost dead. So there's two left? There are two left. Uh, and you see that he is just covered in harpy gore and laughing, and it it is incredibly off-putting. And as you look at him, he is not home. His eyes are completely blank. Um, all right, that's going to go back to the top of the order to May. Uh, bonus action, daunting roar. Since they're both the two things are attacking the sails, they're both within ten feet of me. Mm-hmm. They need to make a uh, DC fifteen wisdom save. Okay, wisdom is not their strong suit. One succeeds, one fails. The one that fails is now frightened of me. Okay, it is afraid of you. Uh, I then will attack the uh, the one that did not fail. Okay. It's an 18 to hit. That will hit. Go ahead and roll some damage. It's a 9, but I have to roll another d6. Another four, so 13 total. Okay. And I'll attack him again. 
So uh, 24. Hits. Nine more. Okay, looking not great. Uh, that's it. Okay, then it's going to move on to Dinar. These two are looking rather well chewed on. Okay. Then I guess I'll take the frightened one and um, Eldritch Blast. Okay. Alright, 15. That absolutely hits. Roll some damage. Alright, last time I forgot my three thunder damage, but this time... Okay, and then I add my three thunder damage, so it's six damage. Okay. Uh, looks like it's almost dead. Alright, then same guy. Uh, 23. Absolutely hits. Kind of good at going for the one that wasn't frightened, since that's the one that could attack the sails. The frightened one has to move away from me. Okay. It's too late now. Uh, you dissolve this thing into a puddle of primordial goo uh, as your Eldritch Blast rips through it. Leaving right. one left. Okay. And then um, there's no... Uh, there's nothing around my... Uh, my monk demon, right? Nope, but he can definitely okay. he can definitely pounce. He can do a lunging charge. Just just to be on the safe side, he um he collects some of the harpy feathers because he's a collector, and then I tell him uh running leap, and he I'll see you next time, Gus, and he takes a running leap off the ship. Okay, Gus runs off the boat, and that's it for me. <laughs> Okay, uh, next up then is uh, Mirzi. So, we have one left. Just one, and it looks like it's pretty injured. Alright, well, let's see if we can hit it. Oops! Uh, what's your percentage to succeed? 25? Uh, 40. 40? Uh, yeah, so there you go. Fizzles out, uh, sort of like peters out with some arcane sparks from the end of your wand. She's Any other actions? Turn it around, aim it at her face. You know, maybe if I shake this thing, it'll work. As you hear that all so in stereo, four because four of them are doing the exact <laughs> same thing. <laughs> doing the same thing, yes. Actually. Never buy wands from a dead wizard. Good sound advice. Uh, which brings us up to Yordle. Uh, I'll use Chill Touch for the last attack. Okay, go for it. Or describe what it does. Either way. Uh, it's a Touch attack, right? 21 to hit. Yep, it's. So a ghostly hand pops up next to the the last harpy. And just grabs it by the head and apparently crushes it really good. Uh, did a lot of damage. 11 hit. It's still alive, but barely. Any other actions? Your zombie? Uh, just to send a zombie for it, I guess. Okay, go ahead and make a slam attack. That zombie did not hit. No, it did not. Alright, that's Yordle. That brings us down to Quinn. Quinn is going to punch that thing. Go for it. <laughs> it hits. 
seven damage. All right, that's the last of the harpies. Uh, you punch this thing so hard that its body just flies back, leaving a halo of feathers behind it uh, as its carcass flies off the edge of the boat. Uh, you look over in time to see that it catches up with the, the Balgura. Uh, it, Balgura eats it on its way down before it disintegrates after hitting the ground. Um, <laughs> Balgura has a snack for the ride. For a snack, a little, little, little to-go cup. Uh, combat ends, you see... Bob's children come over, calm him down. You know, sun setting, big guy, sun setting, big guy. Um, talk him down. He comes out of it. <laughs> oh, oh, well. He looks up at the sail. Crap. Uh, we got to fix that. I don't suppose any of you uh, have weekly hands that do mending things, right? I don't. <sighs> okay. So, I will walk over to the sail and try and grow some fungus in a net across it. <laughs> should work. Um, you try it, like sheets off very... of it. Hmm. Um, Mister Bob. Yeah. I can mend. Then, that, then do it, please. That would be really good. I don't want to climb. I'm gonna walk over to. I can't reach. All right, I'm gonna have to I'm, fly. I'm twelve feet tall. I just grab you and hoist Wait, you up. I can, uh, I can both fly and help two other people fly. Okay, I'm gonna need to get up there. I'm pretty sure. Right. It, like, how how high up are the holes? The the holes are all over the place. Uh, between the combination of help from May and Dinar doing fly for this one of the higher ones, you can go through and, and mend everything. Uh, and it does look like it reacts to the magic as you uh, seal it. It's almost like the stardust starts coming back in in reverse. Um, and you didn't notice it before because you're in the heat of battle. Uh, but the deck was definitely shuddering uh, as the there were tears and as it was bleeding through. As you mend it, uh, that shuddering stops and it goes back to a smooth sail. Uh, Bob ex- looks absolutely exhausted. Uh, one of his kids goes over and takes over the helm. Uh, and he just kind of slumps down against the main mast. I'm going to need uh, a little bit of a breather. Whew. Thank you. Does that happen often? Um, not really. Haven't, haven't had harpies in a while. Um, but that means we're close. <laughs> Good. Um, just in like how long of a rest could we take? Uh, you guys probably within the next few hours. Um, okay, so I could take a long rest. You guys, I'm gonna take, take a long rest and get my use of giant's might back. Okay. You guys literally just curl up, like back, like back to where I was originally sleeping. I just curl up on the deck, like you know the whole cat thing, and just go flump. I'm out. Okay. I don't even say anything. I'm just like. <laughs> Quint, crap, cracks or no? Num- I can't talk. Quint, cracks or knuckles, and goes back to her room for a long rest. Okay. The rest of the night passes peacefully. Um, You come to in the morning uh, and the ship has been set down. Uh, You have a breakfast prepared for you. uh, And as you breach the deck, you notice that you are not in the jungles per se. Uh, You are in a bustling city set in the middle of the desert. Uh, This is definitely the city of Iramor. Uh, Bob had mentioned it being one of the places that we're potentially, or Dee Dee had mentioned that it was one of the places uh, to potentially set down. It uh, looks like Bob has been repairing the boat uh, most of the evening into the day. 
Uh, looks like there was more than just the sails that were damaged. Looks like there were other harpies that were working on the hull of the ship. Um, and you can see as you uh, hit the deck, you can see Bob's dangling over, uh, trying to plane it with uh, and make sure everything's smooth. He's got like a woodworker's attachment on his stump that he's going through and trying to make everything uh, better again. Hello! Welcome to Yarmore! I uh, kind of had to put us down because uh, there was a hole in the side of the ship and I thought it would be really bad. So here we are. Ah, oh, pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the help last night. Sorry that I, um, well, I wasn't really talkative afterwards, but uh, my kids say you did really good. I didn't hurt any of you, did I? No. <laughs> okay. That's good. You can see he like, he like breathes a sigh of relief. Um, yeah, so, uh, this is as far as I can take you right now, so have fun here, and I guess hopefully you can find your way. They should be able to, you should be able to help something. How much farther is it? Uh, well, we're on the border, and he points, and you can see that there's a shimmering, almost look like a wall of light, um, maybe a couple miles past the edge of the city. Um... It's through there and in the middle. And he pulls out a map and it looks like it was crudely drawn with like crayons. Uh, and he hands it to you. I made your map. Quint takes the map and kind of looks at it. Serviceable. This will, this will do. All <laughs> right. Perhaps we can find transportation in the city. Horses or something. You should be able to find a caravan or um, there are these things called sanities that um well do you, do you know what a manatee is <laughs> no they're like dogs but in water well these ones live in sand it's great don't eat them though they don't taste good duly noted thank you for the map you're and welcome for the i'm sorry about your ship ah hazardous a job it's fine <laughs> You can see his kids are running back and forth trying to get stuff. Uh, you see his wife is coming back to the docks. It looks like she was at market. Uh, she looks like she's got a bunch of uh, resupplies, food, uh, exotic like treats and spices, uh, and looks like some raw materials with a gaggle of her kids behind her. So the city of Iramor is a desert city, but is a bustling town. Um, there is a rather large pyramid at the center of it. Uh, it looks like there is a ton of very low story buildings uh, made out of essentially Pueblo. Um, and you can see all various different types of life here. The life, however, is much different than it was in Highgate or other places within the what you the basically the, the backwater towns, blackwater towns. Um, you do see uh, Thrykreen, which are mantis-like creatures. Well, it looks like they're um, walking through the streets. Some of them have shops. Uh, there are mulls, which look like giant hairless dwarves. Uh, looks like there are some Yanti, uh, snake-like folks, uh, both of varieties of the lower and upper half being very snake-like. Uh, there are various halflings that don't look nearly as nice as the halflings that you've seen in the plains. Uh, they look hardier, uh, almost Mad Maxi in the way that they sort of dress and carry themselves. Uh, wild mohawks, uh, tons of different weapons that look like they're made out of things like onyx uh, instead of metal. And you do see 
anybody who's an elf or uh, is familiar with elves would see that there are very dry, tanned uh, elves with no hair whatsoever uh, and very sharp, pointy teeth uh, roaming the city as well. Other than that, it looks like it is a rather rich city uh, with a bustling marketplace and basically teeming with life. Uh, you can do whatever you want here as it is a first day on the ground in another continent. Quint kind of stares at the elves a little weirded out and then goes on her way. But she waves at the at the kid with the pigtails before she leaves. Yeah, and she sees she squeeze and like goes back and starts yelling at her brother. See, I told you she's my friend. has ron been here before has she been to the temple before so you have never been to the temple uh you actually have never been to this continent the death cult that you were a part of was basically on the mainland basically where highgate was and where blackwater is um so you've heard of these places you've heard of this place as well um, Hatterai has talked about this city in particular and him and them liberating it from some lich mummy thing many, many, many generations ago. Um, but you've never actually been here and it is very foreign and exotic. It looks very much like a scene out of, uh, like Indiana Jones with the, when they're in the middle East, uh, nobody really seems to pay you much mind. It looks like foreigners and travelers are very common here. Um, Plenty of folks try to come up to you and try to sell you street food. Um, younger kids and, and various races uh, running up with different spiced meats and, and drinks, uh, trying to uh, get you to purchase into them. Uh, and there are several shops. Looks like uh, apothecaries, armor, armors, weaponsmiths of all types. So you can do whatever you want here. Quint is going to look for a vendor, like an armor vendor. Okay. You can find one. Uh, looks like there's one being run by a Thrycreen, not too far from where the docks are. Giant mantis-like creature. Okay. Um, Not an armor vendor, excuse me, a weapon vendor. Okay. Well, same shop for the sake of ease. He literally he literally just takes off the hat that he had on yeah. that says armor vendor. <laughs> puts on a hat on. that says weapons vendor. He moves, he moves to the stall next to his. Yep. Or it's, it's the same guy. He same just guy. moves over one. Yep. Hello. Aren't you the armor vendor? Yes. Let's not talk about it. What can I do for you? Yeah. Well, well, you hear sort of the voice in your head uh, more than anything else. Uh, and it says, welcome to Barn and or Noble. How can I help you? <laughs> Quint's kind of looking over the inventory. Do you do you have anything for sale that's magical in nature? Ah, what kind of magic? Anything that would help me punch better. Oh, I've got something that I think you'll really like. And he uh, sort of ducks down and pulls out um, what looks like a rather fine rosewood box and opens it up. And it looks like, well, you would call them brass knuckles if they were made out of brass, but they're made out of pure obsidian. These will do the trick. (laughs) How many fingers do you have? He counts. Hold on a second. 
chops off uh, an extra knuckle from it. Yep, that'll work. What do you have for trade? What 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 do you require? Well, I mean, make an offer. That's how we do things here. I, I do have some gold. I don't have a lot of gold. I have this quarter stuff, but I don't think that that was really what you'd be interested in. He looks at it. Let me see that. Okay. She hands him the quarter stuff. Oh, this is real wood. Yes, I used it to beat harpies. Mm, I could sell that. Tell you what, straight trade. One for one. All right, then. And he sort of giggles to himself, and you can, it, the voice is still in your head. <laughs> Sucker. And you get the impression, not that he got a bad part of the deal. You look around, and you notice that there is almost no wood here in anything. Everything is stone. You think that wood oh. might be a huge commodity here? Um, hey, little mantis person. Uh, he's easy. Like well, I mean, Thright Queens are actually pretty big. Yeah, but to, you know, I just wouldn't know him. Maybe seven and a half feet tall, but yeah. it looks at you. Okay. You have that, but for claws. And I hold up my claws. Mm, I don't think so. Okay. They grow, don't they? You can you can like pop them in and out. I do that. Yeah. <laughs> No, unfortunately, I I don't have anything that'll work with that. Uh, and just for, you, for the record, ostensibly, it's going to make your uh, unarmed attacks count as magical attacks. Ooh, neat! Is it an item? Uh, yeah, you can just you can literally just call it Onyx Knuckles. We can add it to your. Um, I'll add it to your sheet after. It's not a big deal. Your unarmed damage remains unchanged. It just counts as magical for purposes of uh, damage reduction or resistances. Cool. All right. Anybody else want to look at any of the other vendors or anything like that? Yorta will look around uh, for something magical-ish. What type of thing are you looking for? I don't know. <laughs> Surprise me? What kind of stuff is there? <laughs> so there is a ton of different magical items that you can possibly get. There, there, essentially, this is a trading town. So anything you can possibly think of, there is a chance that you can find it here. So the way that we're going to do this is if you there's a particular item you have in mind, uh, we'll look it up. We'll see what the um, rarity is of it, and then we'll roll to see if it's available. So it's the easier way of doing things than just having a comprehensive list available at each vendor. So right. is there anything you're looking for? Something druidish, focus-related, make my spells more powerful. Okay, let's see here. Roll me a d100, please. How do I do that on... Oh, there it is. Forty-one. Okay. Consult my list here. Uh, you do find a staff that is looks like it is finely carved out of... Uh, that same sort of blackish obsidian type stone uh, looks like it is intertwined with desert life. Um, looks like rough sort of foliage is, is sort of worked into it. Uh, and it is 
looks like if you as you get closer to it and kind of hold it in your hands, it's covered in bird carvings. Ah, that is a staff of bird calls. You can make it sound like a finch, or a raven, a duck, a chicken, a goose, a loon, all sorts of things. Does it call the birds itself, or does it just make the noise? Don't know. Never used it. Interesting. And you want wood. I saw what happened, right? Yeah, that is, uh, yes, wood is, wood is definitely good trade. You don't like metal, though, right? Like iron or steel? That's no, what... no, nobody wants that. That rusts out here. In the desert? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Can I dig my hands into the ground and make a giant mushroom appear? Spell that That's I not made. wood. Mushroom wood. Mushrooms are not wood. They're fungus. Tell that to the orcs in Warcraft. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we're not playing Warcraft, so that kind of, you know. Wasn't that Warhammer anyway? Well, Warcraft 2 had the mushroom trees. It's true. Anyway, um, but yeah, so ostensibly, if you're looking at this, um, if you have anything to trade, if you have a staff, you probably do one to one. I don't have a staff. Do you have any weapons or anything at all? No, just basic adventure kit stuff. Well, it's not wood, but you weapon. you could essentially. I know. Do you make any spores grow? I can make lots of spores grow. Like I could make a little garden of spores you could use to may eat or I can make a big one that they could use for mushroom wood. How big? How big do you want? I mean like big enough to produce shade? It could produce shade, yeah. You grow it and he points to between the stalls. Right over here. Be good advertising. People will come to find out what the hell it is. I'll give you the staff. Okay, then I will set to work okay. growing a plant there. Yeah, it doesn't take you long. Uh, how what's, Do you have any verbiage on that, or is it... It's been a while since I've dealt with one of these those types of druids. Or you just... uh, plant growth is just kind of like... It says that it can make specific plants there be more vital or thick and overgrown. Roll me a, let's roll another percentile dice. So that D100. <laughs> um, it's not exactly giant, uh, but it is there. So, yeah, will it get bigger? It should get bigger. Okay. And he hands you the staff. Uh, ostensibly, it's going to be the same thing. Uh, it'll... For for sake of like melee attacks, it'll count you as a 
uh, plus basically just a magic weapon. Um, you think you might be able to have it enchanted further, um, but as you, it does require attunement, so you'll have to spend a short rest getting getting used to it. Uh, but yeah, it will essentially let you talk to birds. Um, okay. It has ten charges, and every day at dawn, it regains one uh, d six plus four charges. So it, it's essentially speak with animals, but specifically for birds. Cool. Birdie. Yay. And I'll add that to your sheet afterwards. Okay. Okay. And you said May was looking for that even though she doesn't know what it is? Yeah, May is not looking for that. I am looking for that. May has no idea what they what it what it would be. But May would like to have a lion because May misses them. Okay. Uh roll me a percentile day. Yeah, okay, that's good. That's a 95. Um, that will definitely breach the 10% chance I was giving you. So as you're kind of wandering through, I'm guessing you guys go to different stalls or just kind of walk around the city a little bit, yes? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, you wander uh, in. Uh, May wanders into a shop that smells rather interesting. Not in a bad way, but it looks like it's got, or it smells like it has a ton of different conflicting scents. Um, there's definitely wind chimes instead of a door. Uh, you walk in, and it looks like the most eclectic collection of things uh, that anybody could ever see in one place. Uh, shelves are completely full. You, it's almost claustrophobic. And you see an old woman sitting behind the counter. Hello! What you looking for? What kind of woman? Like is human. It a Viking or a oh, human? She's human. Looks old. Uh, skin's definitely uh, almost leathered from being out in this desert sun for you know 30, 40, 50 years. Uh, it was just something. Oh, you're a cat! Oh, you're big. Yes. Thank you. Hmm. Well, something I got lots in of here stuff. Smells interesting. Uh, could be the tea, could be the spices. Got plenty of those. I'd take a sniff and see if that's what it is. Uh, yeah, there's some of that, but there also looks like some of these objects in here have distinct scents to them. Um, you're, you're not, you're not too taken back by that. That's not uncommon for items in like, have a secondhand nature to have a scent or lingering aura of their previous owner. I'll bust out a flame and try and see if I can get more information. Wait, say that again? I busted a flame in response. I do the thing where they open their mouth really, really wide and let their tongue kind of loll out and it's it sort of looks like reverse panting. Ah. She kind of, like, crawls out from behind the counter and she's got a looks like a gnarled cane that she leans on. She walks over. What are you doing? Uh, you... You're human, so you don't do this. But I open my mouth really wide, and there's a spot on the roof of my mouth. If I put my tongue in there, I can taste the air more effectively. Hmm. Odd, but not the weirdest I've seen. But does remind me of something. And she hobbles over to a shelf and starts moving little knickknacks around, and uh, looks like little tchotchkes, and she's digging through, and it's like puffs of dust coming up. Uh, looks like this hasn't been cleaned in a while, and really hasn't been really disturbed in a very long time either. And she comes back with a 
a real small statue and it looks like a lion with its mouth in the exact same position that you were just in. Oh. I take a sniff of it, see if that's what I was smelling. Absolutely is, 100%. Interesting. It's got a musky, uh, almost familiar scent to it. Somebody somebody held this. One of your kind traded it to me a long time ago. What did he look like? Or she? Uh, was he tall, broad, completely white? Okay, no, not nobody I know then. We don't know any white ones. Those are rare, a white one. Yeah, he was retiring, he said. Uh, I understand you guys, you want wood? Is that what the person outside, the the insect man outside said that you want wood? Oh, well, I mean, they want wood. I'll take anything, depending on what you got to trade. Well, I have not much. I only have a few coins. I do have this, these things. Like, I drop my greatsword, my maul, and my quarterstaff on the table. I've got these. Well, this is... She looks at you. This is not an ordinary statue. It has a command word. And if you speak the command word, it will actually summon a companion for you. Oh. That's probably more valuable then. Slightly. Oh, and she digs through the shelf and pulls out a, a, another one. Uh, it has a companion. They, there is... It comes in a pair. Hmm. Yeah, we didn't make any gold or anything from our big adventure, so I'm I completely broke. So maybe hold on to it. I guess if you're still got it when I come back through, uh, try and pick it up. But unless Think- you want ten gold coins and this stuff, that's that's all I got. So remember when you were given that that boon when you were at the. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the circus, it appeared as a coin that you could wear around your neck. You still have that, too. Oh. I'll, I'll take that off. Unless you want this. I got this for killing a god. Your eyes perk up. What does it do? Um, supposedly, if somebody dies, I can use this. I... I guess then they wouldn't be dead, but nobody I know is dead, so I didn't have much use for it. She, I mean, of course, somebody somebody I know is now going to die, but, yeah. Can can I see it? Yeah, sure. I'm like, I'm holding it right out to her. She does the cartoony thing of, like, biting the coin and and, like, kind of looking it over. I think this might be more valuable than the statues. Hold on a second. And she disappears in the back for a couple seconds. You hear rummaging and crashing and uh, all sorts of things. And she comes back out with looks like um, a heap of freshly cured meat. Not cooked, cured. Uh, It looks like a bracelet uh, with carved little tiny like lions and cats on it. Uh, And says, I'll give you these and the statues for your coin. Okay. What's what's with the bracelet? Uh, it's a bracelet of defense, so plus one to saves, plus one to armor. 
Okay. Do we have a deal? Sure. Yeah. That's that sounds good. I. Uh, she hands I it over to you, and it's a it's a haunch of like meat you've never seen before. Um, and she goes, dinosaur leg. It's it's fine. We trade for it all the time. Oh, um, actually, they have those in the south. Okay, I know what those are. They're like really, really, really big birds with teeth. Uh, these ones are lizards, but yes. No, no bird, no birdage. These are, um, some of them do have plumes now that I'm thinking about it, but. Yeah, yeah. if you ever look at a bird's feet, bird's feet are really creepy. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, yeah. I know what that is. All right, all right. Uh, so you can go ahead and get yourself a figurine of Wondrous Pyro or Golden Lions, as well as the, uh, essentially, ostensibly, it'll be like a, a ring of saving or whatever, ring of defense. Gotcha. Uh, and as you are leaving the shop, you see she cracks the coin after figuring out how to do it, uh, speaks a name, and a ghostly figure uh, approaches. And she's, as you are leaving, you hear her gently weeping to herself um, as she hugs the ghostly figure. Okay. I walk up to the group. Okay. Anybody else looking for anything? I don't think yeah. I have anything valuable to trade. Yeah, I don't think I have anything valuable either, but I'm looking. Okay. Um, this is basically if there's anything specific you're looking for shop-wise, now's the time to tell me. Otherwise, we can move on to the next portion of it because we're kind of, I think, coming to the end of this leg of the adventure. Or I'm looking for, like, a potion master with potions. Oh, yeah, alchemists are easy to find. <laughs> As far as power in battle, Denier just needs something that would give him like some kind of bonus action, because that's really what he lacks. Hmm. Yeah, I don't have a specific magic item in mind that does that. Let's see. Do 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 do. Uh, as you're moving through, you can find that there is a wand of entangle available for trade. Okay. That'll give you access to the entangle spell. Okay. As a bonus. Okay. Um, then the closest thing he has of value is looking through his stuff. He has a book and ink, so he's been keeping a journal of everything they've been doing and a bit of history, including um, what was left of the ticket and the whole details of the fair they were at plus anything that's come before. Okay. Don't uh, know if that information has any value. Uh, so essentially you're trying to, you're going to trade a story for the wand. Yeah, that'll work. Uh, not that'll, they'll take your actual book from you, but, um, you'll have to spend some time regaling the tale. Um, oral tradition is a thing here. They like that. So if you're going to share a new story with the, this particular shopkeep, um, that is a new story that he can tell in turn. Uh, so that'll be a fair trade and I'll give you a wand of entangle on your sheet after the game. 
And uh, you said you're looking for a potion master. Uh, do you find one? No problem. What particular potions are you looking for? Looking for like either healing potions or something along those lines. Oh yeah. Uh, two, 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 two. Uh, potion of healings are pretty pretty common. Um, you can find a bunch of them. Uh, they're only a, a few gold each. They they will actually sell them. Um, and how many are you looking to? You can let's see. Roll a d8 for me, please. Six. There are six available at four gold each. And these are uh, potions of healing, so they're 2d4 plus 2. Okay, I'm going to take one of those because I don't have a lot of gold. Okay, no problem. Actually, hold on. Um, I have stuff that I don't need to be carrying around that I'd like to get rid of to liquefy into cash of some sort. Yeah. Like, if I was to get rid of a set of half plate, what would that go for? Well, let's see what half plate goes for. I also have a shield I literally never got to use, so... Uh, half plate is... Probably on the resale market, you could get 50, 60 gold for it easy. Okay, and if I put the shield in as well? 75. Okay, and how much does he want for these potions? Four gold each. Why don't I buy all of them then, and we can split them between myself and Nan? Sure, yeah, that's fine. You can buy all six of them. Nan takes three and I take three. I like, literally may just, just like here, take them. Quint is surprised, <laughs> to say the least, and says, "Thank you." And that's that's uh, like how much a piece you said? Four gold each. So four times six is twenty-four. Twenty-four. So twenty-four out of seventy-five. We'll just say twenty-five out of seventy-five. So that's seven, I got fifty-one left. So now I have like sixty-one gold because mm-hmm. I had ten gold walking in here. Sure. Anybody else looking for anything in specific? They're just regular potions of uh, healing. Just regular potions of healing. So two D okay. two D four plus uh, the two D four plus two. Um, Ron would be interested in finding anything that either improved her defense or made it harder to see her or easier to escape. Okay. Uh, you could find a few cloaks that are actually built for camouflaging. Uh, ostensibly, they would be mm-hmm. uh, cloaks of uh, elven kind, more or less. Um, not too expensive. It just gives you advantage on stealth rolls as long as there is something for you to, uh, some form of darkness or shadow to, to use with. Um, so that's easy enough to find. Those go for you know, 60, 70 gold. Mm, I don't have 60, 70 gold. My character sheet says I have 31 gold, though I don't know where that would have come from. Uh, here, have 50. I have some gold, too. He would hand that over. See, this is really sad that none of you took the gold payout on the last one. If you would have chosen wealth, you would have had 5,000 gold pieces. Good <laughs> God. But the yeah. wisdom Except- is so worth it. <laughs> We're not greedy. I got magic lions, I- man. Could have bought a boat. I got revenge. It was great. It felt really good. All right. Anybody else looking for anything else in particular before we round it out? Yes. Okay. What is Mersey looking for? 
Okay, Marisy's looking for two things. First of all, she wants to find a wizard who can really help her with these stinking wands. <laughs> okay. So uh, that they don't all, so that they work every time. Even though she's had some really good luck. She All she knows about them is that the wizard where she bought them was having a going out of sale, going out of business sale because he got eaten by a dragon. And so she just picked them up and has been using them. Okay. Uh, you find a, a shop that looks like it is a, um, it's not necessarily a wizard or an alchemist. Uh, it's basically an artificer shop. Uh, and it looks like it is run by a Yanti man uh, with olive skin. Uh, if you look at the patterning on his snake tail, it looks almost like a uh, a copperhead. And uh, is that what you're literally asking to see if they can improve them? Um, I, I need to know some information about them. So I tell him the story. I put down the red one, the blue one, and the green one. And he looks at him. And- I think there's a reason that wizard died. We got eaten by a dragon. Probably because his gear didn't work. Uh, I don't know if I could fix them completely, but I can make them better. Okay. What do you have for trade? Well, she's gonna turn over her, her turn out the inside her bag, and then you've got all the pockets that have lint and grass and a couple of mushrooms from the turtle and some of May's fur and um I, I, uh, let's see there's out here here this is there's a flask of alchemist fire here do you want that Ooh, yes i will take that in trade okay uh let's see how well he does Okay, they're not perfect, uh, but you now only have a 10% chance of failure. I'll take that. And that's for all three of them. Okay. Thank you. And then she has one more place she wants to stop. Okay. She wants to find somebody who sells bits and bobs tinkering type stuff. You're in the right place already. It's, oh, okay. It's an artificer well, she shop. She walks out the door. She looks around. I got to find a place. Then turns around and goes, ooh, this place. And goes right back in. Hi there. We've never met. I literally just took your flask from you. But yes, what can I do for and you? She, she opens up her book. And she shows him rudimentary drawings she's been doing of a mechanical tubi. I like my cat, but I miss my dragon. I want to build one of these, but I'm going to need some pieces. You might be in the wrong place for that. We don't have a whole lot of metal here. Oh, okay. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. You helped me anyway. I like that. Well, glad to be helpful. All right. She waves and leaves the store this time. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, does anybody want to do anything else or look for anything in particular? I'm going to show May the onyx knuckle thing that I got. Look, this will help me punch better. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I was actually a little envious. Then I found this, and I make a giant lion appear. That's very interesting. Well, it's not giant. It's a regular lion. Well, it's, you know, a giant compared to the... the a lion's a big thing, man. Uh, yeah, you hear some screams and some shock as people are like, there's a lion! Why is there a lion? Not Not you, but an actual lion. Oh, it's with me. Don't worry. I named it after my brother. It's 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 uh, Gormod, but you can call him Stinky Face if you want to. Wait, how did you get yours to grow so fast? Stinky Mine's still face. little. Uh, it's a it's a, it's a it's a statue most of the time, but then sometimes it doesn't. I can tell it to not be a statue anymore. It, I smelled it, and I went in, and they had one, and then they had another one. I'll make the other one appear at this point. Yep, and this one's a that's uh, completely that's completely wasting the seven day charge. You know, yep. it takes seven days for these to recharge, and I just made both of them right here to show you guys. <laughs> yep, so, as I, another uh, as another uh, one's a male, one's a female appears, and they just kind of nuzzle each other and then sit down, and start cleaning themselves. I have a uh, beast. Speak. Can I ask them where they came from, or speak to animals, or whatever it's called? Um, they're technically they, constructs. They so. don't need you. you uh, they understand any language. There's, but yeah, I don't speak, know that, so. Speak with animals, but they don't. Um, they they basically, no. we came from the statue. Okay. So they don't have memories of previous owners or. Nope. Uh, well, I mean, we were used. We had an owner. He was a big cat. And then he retired. And we've been statues. And now they got me. Now we have another big cat. Okay. And Mary's going to pull Tubi out of her uh, coat, hold him up, and say, See? You're going to get big like that someday. Uh, he squirms out of your hand. You drop him. He runs over to the other cats and immediately tries to start playing with them. Uh, tries to pounce on them, hunt them, uh, rolls over. And it looks like they're in good nature. Like, Honestly, they're these are just like giant house cats at this point. Uh, they're playing with him, no problem. Uh, one starts grooming him. People walking by the street as this is happening, and I'm like, uh, everybody's ah. everybody's weirded out because it's it literally is just three cats, three big cats or two big cats and one cub uh, sitting in the middle with a giant lion lady, a weird blue man, uh, and you know, just your group is not exactly uh, normal. Even for this place, which is full of so, mantis people and halflings that eat people. Yep. Pink pet stinky face. <laughs> it chuffs at you. I don't know. He, so far, he doesn't seem like a stinky face, so. No, he doesn't Gormod. have a very stinky face at all. Gormod. No. What about the other one? Oh, I was going to name that one Telus. After my younger it? sister. What were you naming it? What was that? I'm going I'm going into the notes to look up my younger sister's name. Oh, okay. Do 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 do. Okay. Do do do. Uh Ayala. Not not Ayala. 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 Ayala and Gormond. Gormond's my brother. Ayala is one of my two sisters. That's very nice. Now I feel slightly less good about 
the thing that I got to punch things. No, but that's that's great. That's <laughs> you can punch things with that. Are you kidding me? I traded a stick for it. Yeah, I, I had to give away the ability to bring someone back from the dead for these guys. Oh, well. But I mean, I wasn't going to use it anyway. I mean, who, who's going to die, right? If you had nobody to use it on, yeah. It might have come in useful in the future, but I think the lions are good. <laughs> okay. Well, what winds up happening next is you guys converse and have a, a, a basically a walk around the town and it, or the city, and it is large and vibrant, and uh, there's a lot to do. Here. <laughs> yeah, you guys can you can find a, essentially a public house to to have. Uh, a meal at, uh, and you do manage to find, for the sake of simplicity, uh, that there is a caravan heading in the general direction that you want to head into the fo- uh, into the jungle uh, that will get you probably most, if not all, the way to where you want to go. They are hiring on guards. Uh, it is a stipend of five gold a day uh, for the duration of the trip, uh, and they're more than happy to hire you on if you are willing to help guard the caravan. Of course. Uh, definitely. They- Okay. Uh, they will be leaving at morning, so you have the evening uh, basically to yourselves. Uh, and that's where we're going to end our session today, because going through the jungle is going to be a uh, large endeavor that I have specifically planned out for you um, for the next time. So I do want to thank you very much for playing. Hopefully you guys had a good time. Uh, thank you very much to our listeners. Hopefully you are enjoying Otherworld uh, up to this point. I am having a, a blast uh, introducing uh, you folks to this world. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't know when our next session is going to be. I think our next one is going to be a one shot run by R- Rossi. We're going to be doing the, this is the mass effect one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, came mind to the socials. Uh, we'll have that when it's going to be going on. Uh, and then after that, I don't know what we're going to be doing after that, but you know, stay tuned. We'll keep you posted. I'm find an alien and I'm going to kiss it. i mean what else do you do in mass effect oh right (laughs) uh but thank you very much and thank you to our patrons for your continued support again shows like this are possible due only to the fact that you continue to support us and blizzard watch uh so thank you very much we'll see you next week or next time for (laughs) sam Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed. 
And it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.